You gotta handle the rock with flair and rhythm if you wanna be judged on wood grain and concrete courts in New York. This ain't no nickel and dime. It's dribbling dimes where scoring never looked this good. I guarantee it. But was your reputation built from the playground up? Or did you call next when they took that ish? Or cause you weren't as fast as police and ambulance sirens? Or as loud as Mr. Softy ice cream? No. You see, this is New York City hoops in prime time. As beautiful as the skyline, it's dribbling dimes. He patterns his sideline suit game after legendary coach Pat Riley. His passion for coaching awoke when a group of local Wash Heights kids needed a coach to enter a tournament and they asked him to commit. From that spark in Dykeman, he made his way up the local coaching ranks which set him up for the opportunity to enter the family of St. Raymond coaches. Today he leads the St. Raymond High School for Boys varsity basketball team with by which he's been able to assemble highly competitive hoop squads while also setting many on the path toward collegiate success on and off the court. On this episode of Dribble and Dimes, we learn the basketball journey of coach Jorge Lopez. Alright, cool. Alright, so, my name is Manny Digital. This is Emilio the Poet. And this is another episode of Dribble and Dimes. We got two cameras today. <laughs> we never had two cameras, so <laughs> this is a step up. Yeah. Um, we're here with uh, the, the head coach of the varsity team at St. Raymond High School here in the Bronx, Mr. Jorge Lopez. Yes. Now, I say Jorge because everywhere I look, they say George. <laughs> and I know it's fine. It's fine. But it's spelled Jorge. That's I'm sure your parents intended it to be Jorge. That's correct. So that's what I'm going to call you. Well, no, that's fine. I'm fine with that. You know, when uh, anytime I'm at a tournament or a showcase, the public announcer always comes to me and asks me, you know, what would you prefer? And I, I would always say Jorge. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Look at that, man. It's good. That's like us when, when in school, even here, yeah. when people try to say our last names, it'd be Montilla. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, eh. Yeah. Ja. Montilla. Yeah, I correct. I got, a, I got a few teachers to correct it, so yeah. I, I won a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, before we get started, I just want to say congratulations to Mr. Lopez on reaching 100 wins, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Thank you, thank 100 you. 100 career varsity wins. Yes. Nice. Much varsity appreciated. Coach. Huge Much milestone, appreciated. man. How does it feel? It feels great, you know. I mean, I'm, I've been doing this for a long time, and uh, just having the opportunity of coaching here at St. Raymond High School with the rich tradition, and um, not just the players, but of coaches. You know, we have the great Gary DeCesar, who's won several city titles, a couple of state titles, and then, uh, of course, the great Olive Antigua, my mentor, nice. uh, close friend. You know, I had the pleasure of, co- have, of coaching with him uh, for nine years. You know, he won a couple of city titles as nice. well, and, uh, you know, just to have to follow in their footsteps. You know, it's, it, it, it really has driven me to try to do my best. And once I was able to reach that milestone, you know, I felt like, you know, I was joining join, joining the ranks, yes. you know? Yes, That's dope. Um, Love it. So you, you've been coaching at the head varsity head coach uh, position for seven years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, entering, well, this is in the middle of your seventh year. But you've been a part of St. Raymond for about 18. Is that right? Uh, this Almost is- 19. This is my 18th year right. here as a as a teacher. As a teacher, mm-hmm. and I've been coaching here for 17 years. Wow, right, man. Yeah. Um, but different, all different, over the ranks, yeah, different levels. You know, right. I started off as a varsity B coach, 
did that for two years. Uh, you know, I was a freshman coach. I did that for, uh, for I believe, ten years. You know, I was a, the assistant varsity coach for nine years while I was the head freshman coach. And then, you know, these last seven years, you know, it's, uh, it's been a blessing, you know, to have the opportunity to, to be the head coach of the varsity basketball team. It's good to see, and nothing, no knock against any other coaches, but, uh, you know, us being of Latino heritage and yourself as well, like, I didn't have that opportunity to see a coach at the helm when I was here at St. Raymond. And again, nothing against the other guys. They've been great to me personally and to the programs. But it's good to see somebody like yourself mm -hmm. in these positions, right? Mm -hmm. And I was actually talking to uh, uh, Mr. S Mr. Greg Scott a couple days ago, just a lot about that dynamic. Like, it, you know, race and ethnicity hopefully doesn't necessarily have to play a role in a lot of things. But when you can be mentor, tutor, trained by somebody that looks like you and likely experienced similar things, mm -hmm. it's always a bonus. Yeah. And your, your team is full of a bunch of different folks from all over the place. So, you know, for me, it's, it's really good to see. So I'm happy for you. Thank you. I hope that this tenure lasts a really long time. I mean, if that's what you want. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know, I mean, um, I, I don't see myself coaching anywhere else. You know, I've been here at St. Ray's for, for, like I said, you know, 18 years, going on 19 years, and uh, I don't see myself slowing down anytime soon. So. Well, I think I think um, Coach Lopez is going to be like the Mike Shashevsky of, of, <laughs> of the St. Ray's program. That's which all right. is, it ain't too shabby, man. It's it ain't right. too shabby. Yeah. And we I just wanted to say this real quick. Um, first of all, I'm going to say this backstory. I'm going to guess. Who was probably one of the coaches you looked up to, maybe as a youngster, um, as far as just like you wanted to be a coach when you first, first, first knew that you would like to do coaching? But think about that while I share this story real quick. I'm gonna take my guess and you tell me if I'm right or wrong. I had this this man had the privilege of being his student. Uh, he told, not only coach, but I know him as a history teacher. He's my right. yeah. history teacher. I was 16 years old. I was a goofball, so you know it's all right though. We were mature, but we grow. Anyway, um, I, I remember. I remember the day. I remember when you first walked in the building, right? Because he was everything you described. Like at the time, it was only white teachers, and um, Ms. Valentino was the only woman teacher. With Miss O'Keefe, I think it was as a religion teacher. I can't think of any more more than that. I could be wrong. Could be one more, but regardless, you were in the very, very minority. And for me as a Latino, you were like. You're like an alien coming out of outer space. Mm -hmm. Like, what? They, they make you? You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, what? Mm -hmm. I thought it was cool, but I was so, like, so immature. I didn't get caught up in it. But mm -hmm. it, it did feel good to have one of our own, like you said. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I guess say that to say this. I always knew you as a smooth brother. You walked in here, suit, looking all <laughs> smooth. It's cool. Don't get him now. You can't see him now, but he had a nice head of hair on him. Yeah, smooth, yeah. Oh, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Back, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good head of hair. Good hair, yeah. Oh, yeah. Smooth, too. Okay? <laughs> So now that I think about it, I say that to say this. You remind me at the time of Pat Riley. Mm. Because Pat, you see how Pat Riley was just smooth? Yeah. Like, mm. he could go from coaching to, to be a, a GQ model real mm. quick. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. right after coaching, I'm going to do this magazine shoot real quick, come mm. back to the Knicks. Yeah. Was he an influence for Yes, you? absolutely. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but did you take your, your, your suit game and your attire game serious and from, from his cues? Yeah, you know, I mean, just growing up as a fan of the game, I mean, I mean, I was really, really into basketball growing up as a kid, and I got into it um, at a time where, you know, the Lakers and the Celtics dominated the basketball landscape in, in the National Basketball Association, and um, you know, that's when I was first introduced to to Pat Riley. Wow. And, uh, 
you know, just the way he carried himself and the way he coached and how passionate he was about the game, I was just really drawn to just to just to his style, his coaching mm -hmm. style. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I just thought that he brought that swag along with his knowledge of the game mm -hmm. and his precision of the game, and he was able to to mold it and make it his own, you know, his mm -hmm. own style, his own brand of basketball. And uh, you know, I kind of pulled a little a little ideas from him, and uh, you know. I, I think that's what uh, kind of motivated me to be partly of who I'm, the, you know, the coach that I am today. Yes, yes. I, I gotta say, uh, as you're speaking, you, you're smiling, and I'm, I'm, I'm only really, really meeting you for the first time. We've said hi or whatever, sure. but this is my first time really speaking with you. I've only seen you on the sideline kicking and screaming and turning sure. damn near purple. So it's kind of awkward for me to see you <laughs> smile. <laughs> so. I would say that most people would, would uh, have that impression uh, of me that uh, I'm a bit hectic. I'm a bit, um, you know, on the crazy side when I'm on the sideline. But, you know, that's just me being passionate about, you know, what I love doing. Right. Um, I, th I think that's a huge plus. That is amazing. Because, like, you know, people might say you might – People like that are over the top or whatever. It might you know it might look menacing to some folks. Mm -hmm. To me, I, I think that's that's inside of you, bro. You, if you don't let that out, yeah, no. it'll eat you alive. Yeah, I, and you know what? I've tried in the past to tone it down nah, I don't. and just stay cool and, and be very subdued on a bench. And, and, and I'll be honest, it's it's. I felt like I was out of character, yeah, and I can't. I can't. Are. It's not me. It's not, it's not me. Are. I'm just gonna continue to yell and uh, right. you know rant and rave and uh, try to get my guys going. And uh, you know, but but it's interesting you say that because I just had a student recently tell me that when he first met me as a freshman, he met me as uh, you know coming to, to, to one of the games. Mm -hmm. And um, one of your players, one of my no, not a player, oh, a student. Okay, he came to a game um, before he came in as a, as a ninth grader. Yep, and uh, his first impression of me was that I was this mean, scary person, right? Wow, and um, you know, he was explaining to me that his perception of me now and that of what of when he of what he had when he was back in the eighth grade was totally, totally off, totally mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I think I give off that impression. If you don't know me, that might be the impression that you sure. have that I, you know, that I am somewhat, somewhat crazy. But um, I think once you get to know me, you realize that that's the farthest thing from the truth, and right. that you know, I'm just a normal person who loves, you know, my job. I right. just love my job. And I'm very passionate about it's, it. It's so funny because I say I know I've known him for years. You know what I mean? So I'm getting to know the side that you already know on the sideline. Mm -hmm. I'm getting used to that person. Yeah. As a, but the other, so I'm the other way around. I'm like, yo, he's cool. Yeah, you know, you know the other guy. You I know, know the you other know the guy. Cool guy. It's fun. He's cool. <laughs> you know, he's very approachable, very likable, like how we see here. But I'm still getting used to that guy. Yeah, I don't yeah. know that guy. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, you know, we're very, we've been growing up very passionate about the game. I had a few short fuse when it came to the game, but mm -hmm. at the same time, like we're talking now, you can talk to me all day, you know, and sure. I'll laugh. We'll laugh all night. But in the game, you know what I'm saying, yo. All bets are off, so yeah. I get it. So I respect it. It's not even a thing for me. It's just, yeah. it's just a natural occurrence. But my question is, how have you seen your tactics or ways impact your core, your group? Do you feel like that way is reciprocated? Is is do you feel like it's positive, constructive? How do you feel that what you're using your tactics on your players? You know, I, I think that when you look at this team specifically, mm -hmm. um, this is a great group. It's probably you know, one of the most talented teams that I've ever coached. Wow. And the passion that they have for the game is 
very much the same passion that I share mm-hmm. with them, and it's it's made my job a whole lot easier, you know, because I feel like they 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 get me, they they understand why I'm yelling yelling and hollering. Right. They understand that if I'm trying to correct them, what is it that I need them to do? Right. And these guys, they they they're a unique group because they get over it, you know. Right. They get over it. I can I can blast a kid and. And, and just explain to him and yell at him and tell him what he did wrong. And then he he's ready to bounce right back and just go back on the floor. Where, where guys, you know, I'm used to, you know, plays in the past, you know, you, you talk to them about maybe not setting a good ball screen and you got to take them out of the game because they're not setting real screens. They're setting, they're setting what I say, the phantom screen. Right. right? And right. so I have to take them out of the game because they're not getting our man open. And because I criticize what they did wrong, now they take it personally and mm-hmm. they and they sulk and now they can't get past that that one play. Yeah. Right. When I'm over it, I'm like five plays ahead and right. I'm like, Are you ready? Let's let's go. Yeah. Like <laughs> are you still thinking about that that happened so many, you know, many moons ago. ago? You know, like That's let's it. go. Like right. it's time to go. But uh, you know, I this year's been a fun year because I feel like that passion that I tend to share and express it is reciprocated with the kids. Right. You know, I feel like there is a connection, and uh, like I said, it's just been a fun year, and I've been very blessed this year that's with this team. That's it, it's un, it's remarkable actually because you know, and I have another podcast with a, a few fathers. It's, it's called Fatherhoods. Shameless plug, <laughs> but it, we talk about this all the time as far as the different generations of, of you know, the generation we're in now seems to be a lot. Maybe the word soft is the wrong word to use, but more sensitive to a lot of things, right? And so, case in point, if if a coach is screaming at a kid, nine times out of ten, it's something constructive. It's not to demean them or anything like that. And so, for them to ingest what you're trying to explain to them in that moment, that passion-filled moment, and then get absorb the right stuff and then move on... I, I, it has to be hard to come it's by. Very, it's very, very difficult. So like this, would you say this is roughly like the first time that you've been able to? I would have to say so. As a team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some, some of my earlier teams, when, uh, when I coached the freshman team, um, back when Dow Bryant, Dow Chuck Bryant, and, uh, you know, Justin Rivers and Gerald Coates, you know, those guys are older, you know, and yeah. like you said, it's generational, you know. Mm-hmm. The kids back then were a little bit different. They were tougher, mm-hmm. you know. They... You know, you didn't have to necessarily watch and say everything that you were trying to convey to the kids because I think they always understood the message, right. no matter how you said it. But they understood that you you had a message and you were trying to get it across, and and it was always like you said, it was never demeaning, and the kids always understood that. But I think nowadays you have to re, you know you have to walk on eggshells, walk, walk on eggshells, and, and just tippy toe around them and, and get get a sense of who these kids are emotionally and. You know, you have to, to some degree, make some adjustments as a coach, you know, and, and find a way to, to reach these kids without hurting their feelings, yeah. you know? Is that like a, is that, is that a push and pull? Is that like pulling teeth for you? Is that like the most difficult part of coaching? You know, no, because I've always been someone who can adjust with the changing times. And, okay. I, and just like I am in the classroom, you know, I feel like as a teacher, back you know maybe 10 15 years ago I was a lot more demanding than I am today in, in the sense that this is how it is and this is the only way it's going to be and I it's see. black in black and white there's no gray area whereas now it's like ah, okay let's sit down let's <laughs> why aren't you doing your work you know like what is it that we can do you know do you need an extension you know what and, and I feel like you know th- that's the area that we live in and and 
you know, having an opportunity to work with the youth is a passion of mine that I equally share in the classroom as I do on a basketball court. And you just always try to work with the people that you're dealing with on a daily basis because, you know, that's a major responsibility. So you can't just be dismissive and say, oh, you know, the kids have changed, the kids have changed, the kids have changed. Yeah, they might have changed. You know, we live in a different era. Yeah. And I think if you're going to have success in, in the classroom and on the basketball court, you, you have to make some changes as well. Right. You know, your approach has to change. Yeah. You know, you can't be this hardliner, you know, in your face type of Bobby Knight type of a coach. Right. Oh, God. You know, that those those days are over. You know, right. I think the kids need to know that you care about them. Right. You know, and, right. and, and but but that's not a problem for me. You know, right. I don't mind showing the kids that I care about them. Right. I think you get the most out of the kids, whether it's in the classroom or in on the court if they know that this person genuinely does want me to do well right. and, and he really does care for my welfare. That's awesome. You hear it all the time where players often refer to their coaches as their additional father or in many cases the father figure that they've had in their lives. So for you to take that that seriously I mean, is a, is a huge benefit to these kids and I'm glad that you like it because it could take a toll, especially a person that has their own family. Mm -hmm. For you to have to give so much of yourself, it, it can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But but that's coaching at the end of the day. Yeah. Like you're not built for it if you're not willing to go that extra yeah. step. Yeah. You know. So you said adaptability, right? Um, and a lot of these kids, actually, I'd say any any kid really. But when you talk about basketball, in a lot of cases, it's synonymous with hip hop. What are you listening to these days? Me? Yeah, you do. <laughs> he ain't listening to nothing new. No, no, I, I mean... It doesn't have to be hip-hop if that's not what you're into, but... You know, no, I, I am into hip-hop very much so, and that's that's my preference. Um, okay. Right now, you know, Meek Mills. Okay. Ah. See, I told you it was Championship. cool. Championship? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, told yeah. you it was cool, man. Song, I told yeah. you. Is um, it? I gathered. I just, you know, you got to you gotta chip away, no, man. man he's away. cool, man. Lopez yeah, no, is a no, different breed. He came no, with a different... Yeah, well, what is, what's playing... In the locker room, or when you guys are on the bus, or wh wh you know, however you get to where you're going. Um, I would say Meek, Meek Mills is probably the more popular uh, artist that the kids are listening to okay. right now. Okay. You know, uh, a boogie. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, so they're listening to him as well. You like? Um, do you like a boogie? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. So I have a question for you. Um, I know you said this is probably your most talented team, right? Um, but I'm gonna ask you to play some favorites for me, all right? Outside of this team, because this is the new. This is what you're doing now. I get it. Mm -hmm. We're going to excuse this year. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite team and why from the beginning of your tenure? Sorry, just to, just to make sure I understand the question. You're talking about single team from a particular year yes. or he's assembling a team? No, no, no. Single team okay. from a particular year that you've coached so far outside of this year because you already spoke very favorably of them. Just one, one team? Just well, one, just oh. uh, how about you rank? Give me your top three at least. We can even give you a disclaimer. You're no. not you're not shitting on anybody yeah, else. You're not saying, <laughs> we're not saying that you other guys aren't great. We're just saying that this coach is, is he's got a heart. <laughs> you know, we, we got preferences. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. You know, I, I would have to say that uh, my first year coaching uh, for the freshman team. Okay. Um, I had Gerald Colts, uh, Justin Rivers, uh, George Wilkinson. Darian Bembo, I, that, that was that was a very very talented group. Like we probably had the best freshman team in all of New York City. Wow! And um, 
you know, we, we lost in the Final Four that year, and uh, but that was a f that was a great challenge for me because those kids, some of those kids, were high-level kids, and I knew that if I was going to make it in this business, that I was going to have to deal with the ego. I, I was going to have to deal mm. with, you know, the, all the AAU coaches and and you know all the all the handlers and uh, the parents and everybody who thinks that their kid was going to be the next, you know, Michael Jordan slash mm -hmm. LeBron James. Right. And um, I got through that year, and we had success. And so the kids challenged me. One kid in particular, George Wilkinson, who I love to death. Um, <laughs> but he challenged me. And, and you know, I, anytime I see him today, you know, whether I see him today or, you know, I've seen him in the past, I mean, it, it's been all love. You know, I, I love running into him. And, uh, you know, we just we just have to laugh at all the times, you know, he put me through the ringer. But uh, but I got through it, you know. He made me a better person. He made me a tougher person, a tougher coach, a better coach. And uh, I thank him for it. And uh, But that was, that was a special group, you know, because, again, that was my first year, my first time where I felt like I was put to the test mm. you know I think at that that time around that time Oliver Antigua was going to hire was thinking about hiring someone else to be the freshman coach wow. this was the great Greg Scott Greg Scott was a legendary freshman coach won a couple of city titles uh, on the freshman level he um, I remember him winning in his final year before he decided he was going to resign mm -hmm. and I wanted that job I wanted that position you know, and um, I basically had to convince Oliver to have a, uh, to have a meeting with me and uh, to sit down, and I had to explain to him why I wanted the job. And um, he, he gave me a shot. He gave me a shot, and he let me coach a team. And uh, that year, we made it to the Final Four. My second year, we went, you know we advanced to the championship game. We, we lost. I think I had like maybe two losses that year. My wow. following year, I think wow. I had one loss. Wow. Um, we I went back to back years. Uh, we went to the championship, but uh, you know I would have to say that. The second team that, that I really enjoyed coaching uh, was probably the team with Darryl Truck Bryan. Okay. And um, Darryl being one of St. Raymond's great players. What year was that? Uh, I can't. That's I can't, okay. I'm, I'm aging myself. I don't even know. I can't even tell you. That's all right. That's all right. We'll look it up. We'll look it up. We're talking about varsity. No, this is freshman. freshman. I'm just talking about coaching experience. Yeah, yeah, just, okay. just it, you know, and only because I think those are the guys, those are the formidable years that it has helped me become the person I am today. Oh, okay. You know, and that's why those teams stand out. And, and that's why those guys are still around, you know, right. and, and I stay very connected with them. But uh, but those guys were, again, high-level players. And, uh, you know, Darryl was such a great leader. And then, uh, you know, when he played varsity basketball as a, as a sophomore, um, you know, I was that was my first year. That was actually my first year as a varsity assistant. Actually, yes, it was my first year as a varsity assistant, and uh, you know it was it was really fun having the opportunity to coach with him or to, or to coach him on that level as well. Um, but again, he you know I thought that his teams played really really hard and, and they really left it on the floor, and and you always felt that connection to that team because they really wanted to win, and uh, you know it, it, it was something that was special for me. And again, and that's why I continue to maintain a relationship with those guys. But the, the other, the, the third team that I would say really was truly probably one of my favorite teams was the Danny Dangle, Kerwin O'Curl, Myron Hickman, Lawrence, Lawrence Graves, you know, Keel Andrews. Um, you know, that, that team was very special. You know, we were that year regarded as one of, if not the top team in New York City. 
and uh, we ended up losing in the Final Four. I mean, I think we had probably just one loss that year, wow. and uh, we thought we were going to take it all, and we lost here to Rice High School. And, wow. you know, we were bumped out. We, we, thought, yeah, we thought we were going to get that. But that team was special because that was the team. That was the redeemed team. That was the team that won the city title back in 2012. Right. So as a, as a coach, I really um, got a chance to experiment with – different offenses and different defenses and that was because Oliver allowed me to coach those teams during the postseason mm -hmm. and uh, we were in a lot of events and uh, that team I grew with those guys mm -hmm. and uh, it was great to, to, to have won a city title with them even though I was an assistant coach but you know I felt like we were in this for four years and uh, you know I got to watch you know I, as their head coach their freshman year you know, it was great to have them on as, as yeah. sophomores and juniors and then seniors and then finally, you know, to be able to get to the promised land at, you know, at Fordham University. It was a pretty, it was a pretty fun experience. It was, it was, uh, it was quite special. That's awesome, man. I got to say, man, um, one of my things that I'm learning, especially watching the NBA, right, is I'm understanding coaching is a very, very difficult task because it's not just X's and O's. It's balancing and handling egos. Mm. And I want to know, because you mentioned it earlier as you were talking about the first teams, how has that process been? I'm sure every year it has presents different challenges, new challenges, but how is that process of just handling egos? Or, or do, you, do you go about it like deflating it, making an example? Do you have to cater, nurture? What is it that you do for, to, to handle that, those types of personalities in one room? You know, I, I think the one thing you have to establish as a coach, and, and I've had to do it, is that this is St. Raymond High School. This is St. Raymond basketball. And there were a lot of great players before some of the great players that we've had in, in recent years. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's just a way about how we do things here. And, you know, I think I've always made it a point. I don't necessarily care how good you are, you know, but we're going to do things the right way and we're going to try to play the right way. And if you can handle that, then you're going to have success here. Mm -hmm. and, and we're going to thrive. We're going to thrive together. And if you can't handle that, that's okay. Maybe St. Raymond might not be the place for you. Mm. It might not be a good fit. And I think just staying true to myself uh, has allowed me to just kind of stand my ground and say, you know what? I'm not changing. I'm not budging. I'm not, I'm not going to cater to anybody. And, uh, you know, this is how it's going to be. And, you know, that's when you, that, that old school coach, coaching mentality comes, mm -hmm. comes out. And, and that's when you say, you know, that, that one I'm not going to budge on. Yeah. Right. You could be, you know, the world to, to all these other coaches. But, to, but in here, you're, you're just another player. Right. You might be a good player. But you're going to be a good player that's going to do things our way, the right. Raven way. And if right. you can't do that, then, you know, same Rays, like I said, might not be a good fit, mm -hmm. you know. So. That's awesome, man. I love it. You, you were talking about, you, you briefly talked about AAU earlier. Mm -hmm. And I want to kind of delve into that a little bit because I'm always curious. We, we were talking about this with Dana, Dana Dingle, uh, in a previous episode. And New York, in many circles, is considered the mecca of basketball, right? In recent years, you see you see a void of people in parks, right, playing basketball. Like, you go by any park 20 years ago, and the weather was decent. Actually, even in the cold in some cases, people were playing basketball. Sure. Everywhere. I mean, I, mean, I remember as a kid growing up, going to, uh, you know, going to the, the park in the winter after a, a snowstorm or ice storm and asking, you know, one of the parks department's people if I can borrow a shovel 
so yeah. I can clear think path. Uh, clear path just to play ball. That's yeah, that, that was that was just how we did things back then. But uh, you know, I, I think and and I think that's the problem. You know, I think more and more kids are just playing games and not really working on their craft, their craft mm. or their skill set. Where you know that was the one thing about basketball, you don't need eight other guys to go out and play the, the sport. You right. know. You don't. You don't. You can go out there by yourself and just practice and work on your game and work on your craft and, and get better. And, and that was the one thing that I've always appreciated about the game. But you know, you, you just don't see kids do that anymore. You know, it's like everybody just wants to play. Yeah, and, and a lot of them are playing indoors. A wherever they get a chance, and you know, you see the advent of these skills trainers that are popping up everywhere, and that's like a big thing. But with respect to how talent comes to St. Raymond, right? I remember there was an era where, I mean, these kids were just, the, the lines were like yeah. infinite, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it looks like now, but I do know, you know you've got a lot of these prep programs and AAU teams and all these different things that are, are taking the kids out of their, you know, their, their neighborhoods, putting them in different places, and that's how, I, in my, you know, in our conversation with Dana, it came down to basically the popularity of the game here in New York has dispersed throughout the country and sometimes yes. even the globe because they're getting, maybe not poached, but they're being pulled in different places. So you don't get that, that newspaper coverage yeah. locally or any of that, that stuff. That is true. You know, um, when if someone had an article, I can't remember where I read this, but this was a couple of years back. You know, New York City lost a lot of great players, a lot of high-level Division One caliber players. Um, and they transferred out of the state. Mm -hmm. And, you know, someone made a comment that New York New York is no longer the mecca of basketball, right. that New York no longer has high-level players. And, and I said that's not true. You, right. know? It's, you know, it's just that a lot of these kids that were concentrated here in the city, in the Catholic League, and, you know, I think the Catholic League is probably one of the top, if not the best Catholic, you know, league in the country. Mm -hmm. um, because of the competitiveness, you know, every night that, you know, that we have to face, I just feel like, you know, we got shortchanged. I feel right. like, you know what, people are thinking that about us because all those kids are being dispersed and they're being spread out to all these different prep schools. I mean, you know, last, this past year, I mean, you know, you got two top 100 kids, Anthony Cole. Yeah. Or excuse me, I'm sorry. Cole, Cole Anthony. Anthony. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you have also uh, Kofi Cochran. I mean, these are kids that were in New York, in New York City schools, and now they're playing, and, you know, at a prep school. And it's like, you know, it's, it's just, it's a shame only because it, I, I just feel like it's not good for the Catholic League, and I, I just don't think it's good for the for the basketball landscape of New York City. Because I, th I still think New York City has produced and continues to produce a lot of top-notch, you know, high-level players. Right. Yeah. You know. Well, I just want to say this, like, so for those people that think that we don't have those great players, all I ask them to do is to take a look at their name and then take a look at what their town is. Yeah, sure. Right? Take a look and put a highlighter on it, baby. Cause we here to stay, we going nowhere. All yeah, right, sure. yeah, nowhere. I, I want to get, I want to get into Sacred Heart High School and kind of your upbringing and all that, and how you fell into basketball. But, but before we branch down memory lane, um, what would you say? I, I have this conflict mm -hmm. when I come to watch the St. Raymond Ravens game or any CHSAA game. 
the fee that I have to pay to get in, I think, is very low. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm asking I for a, a super hike, <laughs> but here's here's where I'm coming from. The level of talent that I see on the floor rivals collegiate level play mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. I would dare say even some NBA teams play. Just the passion, the up and down, the the level of skill that it takes. I mean, the leaping ability. Like, there's just so many dynamic. That's a reaper too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The IQ is, is off the charts. And for me to come and pay five bucks to get in and watch multiple games, I'm watching three at a, at a clip. I feel like you guys have to raise it. Not just because I think it's worth it, but because I know how hard it is. You know, you, you see private schools closing every year, right? And yeah. it's sad. You got someone like Bob Hurley in, in Jersey had to shut his doors, right? And Rice High School. I don't want that to happen to say right Right, no. I mean, <laughs> no, I get that. I mean, you're starting to see more and more. Uh, schools raise their prices I think uh, price of admission and uh, you know that's something I definitely uh, have brought up and <laughs> really you know yeah I mean you know I don't know if we're necessarily going to do that this year but maybe maybe next year or, you know I, you know we just want everybody to be able to have that opportunity to come in here and watch you know being able to afford to watch good basketball yeah. you know so that's not something I necessarily got you know obsessed over or, right. or no, got caught up with, uh, and, but but Something to think about, you know, food for thought maybe for next year. I wanna, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And at least, can you guys just open up the, the merch on game day? Yeah. Can we yeah, figure seriously, that out? man. Seriously. We're trying to figure that out. Yeah. We're I'll trying. volunteer. Yeah, we're trying and to figure that I, out. And we can do credit cards so you don't think I'm taking the money. <laughs> See that? See that? I'm going to tell you this, man. Um, aside from being a great coach and a positive influence and a role model, right, what I'm seeing is that you've injected a lot more of you want to bring back alumni. You're creating days mm-hmm. of like, uh, we came to a game, and he was talking about this in um, Philly versus New York, mm-hmm. which loved, um, loved we came here, watched it, but I, I don't remember seeing stuff like that in my past. You know, I'm talking about a decade ago. And I, I've, just because I'm talking to other people, how much influence you're, you're, like, you're trying to bring us back. And I, I want to say, first of all, thank you as, a, as an alum, but also it's like, you're trying to cultivate a culture of New York, of, of St. Raymond basketball that I don't think was really really paid attention to or really cared about. So how, what, where does all this energy come from to kind of like bring the community or let this be kind of like an inclusive St. Raymond, well, unlike we've known? I think, um, I think that's the teacher in me. Mm. You know, as a historian, mm. um, I've always appreciated good history, and um, I think St. Ray's is full of that, oh, that yes. history. Yes. Um, yes. You know, and uh, I, I just have a great deal of respect for you know what's been established here, and uh, I just feel that it's important that people have access to you know to that history, and that's why you know I try to create opportunities for where, you know we can have some of our alumni come in and you know play one another and yeah. you know meet some of our guys because again you know I think it's all about establishing that, that sense of family atmosphere yep. that you know if we you know we we, we are a raven you know where we're, we're here you know for each other and uh, you know our, our motto is you know you know raven for life you know if right. once a raven always a raven you know mm-hmm. and um, you know I, I just feel that it's important. I think that it's it's important for us to try to get as many people into this building, especially alumni, right. you know, yeah. because I think we're doing great things here and I think they need to see that. And uh, like I said, you know, you know, just recently, I mean, we just honored uh, Peter Mulligan That's and, right. uh, you know, Peter Mulligan's been a 
great supporter of our program and uh, St. Ray's and everything that he's done, I thought it was only fitting to honor him yeah. and his legacy. Yes. And I wanted our guys to see that yeah. because hopefully, you know, one day those guys will be receiving um, an induction award yeah. for the Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, I just think it's important to do things like that, just to keep keep the tradition alive and just under make make everybody understand that that there, there's this is more than just basketball. It's, it's a family affair here. Right. So, man, you've created like I said, like I, I've never seen that anywhere, and I guess um I've been pretty much spoiled because St. Raymond's been such an illustrious, you know, school, but also basketball history. Sure. Like I think we've been spoiled in that, but I've not seen up until now this kind of inclusion, this kind of like, hey man, be a part. You're still a part of it. And not yeah, saying sure. that I felt. You know, any other Detached. way in the past? In the past, I'm just saying it's. It, it, I feel like I'm on the court with you. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're doing this together, and um, it just it's it's amazing, man. And I, it, and and I think going back to teaching, I mean, <clears throat> basketball. This is just, even though it's a big part, huge part of who I am, mm -hmm. that coach. Being that teacher's been just as equally as big for me, and the relationships that I've forged and formed with a lot of our, uh, some of the, uh, you know, many of the students mm -hmm. and, and alumni. I love bumping into former students. Yeah. I love when they come back. I love when they come to the games, and I, I'm always trying to get them to come yeah. to games. Yeah. I, I, you know, and and any time or any opportunity that I can acknowledge. Hey, listen, I see you. You know, I know you're here. <laughs> you know, I try to um, yes, I even through the. The craziness and the mayhem you know of game day but uh you know I, like i said you know I, i've always felt that it's never just about basketball say for me it's never just about basketball mm -hmm. it's about you know those other students that have who i've taught have touched my lives my life and who you know hopefully i've touched their lives oh, of course and um you know just including them on this journey yeah. you know because i feel like it's you know you got to bridge it all together right. you know because it's not like I said I'm, I'm a I'm a coach yes but I'm also a teacher here right and right. I've been doing this for uh, for a lot a lot longer than well now I shouldn't say a lot longer maybe one year longer than uh, in coaching I've been in coaching right. coaching for 17 but I've been here for 18 so That's it's awesome. been a long time so speaking of journeys where did your basketball journey begin it began. Um, I want time, date, place. You know, I'm gonna ask him time because he ain't gonna. Know. <laughs> no, I wouldn't okay, know. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's old age. It's all right, that's, man. It's all right. You got sorry. enough history in you, yeah. so it's good. There you go. So, <laughs> no, you know, when I was uh, back when I was in the fourth and fifth grade, um, I really uh, fell in love with the game, and I and you know what, and and I'm proud to say that I grew up in an era where you know. You, you guys are young enough or old enough, but at the same time young enough yes. to acknowledge that everybody talks about the 90s and the yes. 80s as being, you know, golden eras in, in not just hip hop, but, no, but basketball. Yes. basketball. Yeah. <laughs> okay, in basketball, you know, and I was first introduced to Michael Jordan. Mm, of course. And, and, and that whole Michael Jordan phenomenon started when I was in the fifth grade. Mm. Wow. And he was he was as a fifth grader you know that he was the talk of the town he was he was the guy that's that's who you wanted to be as a kid and then just watching him play and then of course the great battles between magic and bird you know that whole soap opera and then you know when you look at it back when you look back at it now it really was a big deal you you know we're still talking about it now it's yeah. 2018 or excuse me 2019 right. and you know I, I just finished or i just recently watched a documentary that they had on the, those teams from the 80s 
uh, between the Celtics and the rivalry between yes. the Celtics and the Lakers. And mm-hmm. It was a great documentary, and I and I kept thinking, you know, at that time I felt like it was a big deal. Of course. And it obviously was a big deal because, like I said, I mean, you know, 2019, we're still talking about those games. But it's interesting because sometimes when you're in the moment, you might think it's a big deal, but then when time passes, it may not be. But those. Exactly. It's, that it's was, there was no debate. So I thought I was in the moment, and it turned out it to be. It was huge. It was a huge moment. A huge moment. So, so I was grateful that I grew up in that particular era, you know. And then, again, I wasn't very good growing up. You know, I, I self-taught myself how to play the game of basketball. You know, like I said, I mean, I used to be at the, in the park, Inwood Park in, in uh, the Heights. In the Heights. Nice. And um, I used to be there every day and in the summer. I mean, I lived there. I lived there. I would wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning, go to the park, 8.30, and just work on my game, work on my game. And then, uh, you know, I was finally good enough to, to make my high school team. At the time I got to high school, um, I made my team. I played. I played three out of my four years. I had a really bad uh, uh, injury. Oh. My junior year, I broke my leg. I broke mm. my, 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 my While you're playing? Um, actually, I was, the unfortunate story here is that I was cutting class. Oh my Should have been in class. Gosh. And I and threw it. Yeah. <laughs> instead, went, I went to I went to the gym during gym class, and uh, I was playing pickup. And, oh, um, damn. So someone, someone, a uh, friend of mine went to throw me an alley oop, and uh, I was able to catch it. And but I hung on a rim. And at that time, I had, I, 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 would, I dare to say it, I had Reebok, black Reebok classics on. Oh. Yes. And I landed on my heel, and the impact almost pushed my shin out of my skin Ooh. to the point where my, my heel was actually touching my calf. Oh. Okay, you know what? We didn't yeah, have so. to know every detail. <laughs> so. maybe, 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 we need to, maybe we need to backtrack on these questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I just, at that point, I realized, you know what? I, I wasn't. <laughs> going to be able to play and uh i mean I, I kept playing but you know i wasn't good enough to play what? college no uh, more alley-oops no, no more alley-oops. Alley-oops. what's the recovery on that <laughs> back then Six you know months? it was more than it was it's probably about a year yeah you know and back then i mean obviously medicine's much more uh, uh advanced, advanced yeah. you know but uh it took me it took me quite a while to, i would have needed back. like five years or so something like that so wait was, was that your first time dunking no, no, it wasn't my first you used time. To you could dunk. I uh, back then. Back then, yeah. yeah. You had How springs. tall are you, by the yeah. way? Uh, I, I think I shrunk. I, I was five ten. I think. Uh, so okay, so let's just say five, five ten. Nine. We don't go five yeah. ten. We ain't yeah. gonna make you small here. No. This is your okay. podcast okay. today. You five ten. I'm five ten. Let your, your wife tell you something different. Yeah. Me, five ten. I'm five ten. But you used to dunk with ease. How was that? You know, it's I just over the years I developed uh, some some a little bit of athleticism where I was, uh, you know, I could jump. Okay. Um, but it, you know, like I said, that's something that I used to work on, like my calf muscles, oh, and okay. Uh, okay. just just training. I trained, I trained, you know, to to dunk. I mean, I always aspired to dunk. You know, everybody yes. wanted to dunk right. back then. But right. uh, you know, I mean, I wasn't a great dunker. I just started to dunk. Right. Um, but unfortunately, that was short lived because of my my injury. Um, but you know, while I was in high school, and that that was what I was trying to explain here. That's when I really developed an interest for the game and in terms of X's and O's. Right. Strategy. Strategy, yes. And it was in high school and I didn't even know it. You know, I've never played organized basketball as a young kid. Mm-hmm. My, my, you know, my, there were six of us at home. My parents couldn't afford to, you know, to, put, your to, to put me in a program. Yeah. We just couldn't afford it. And, um, you know, when I was able to make my high school team, 
that was a major accomplishment for me because again I didn't have any training I didn't come from a basketball background you know I just play, play pick up with my boys but I did work on my skill set on my own mm -hmm. right. um, but playing the game on on the high school level was much different than playing pickup in Inwood Park of course and I didn't play much as a high school student as a high school a student athlete mm -hmm. um, and I and I didn't because I didn't understand the game the way I understand it now right so you were still thinking pick up in the I was street. still thinking pick up you know my my coach is drawing up plays and you know set a stagger screen down screen flare screen I'm like what, 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 right. what is that? Right. Just, just, just give it a ball. Check the ball. Check the ball. Just clear out, you know? <laughs> but um, so I didn't play much because of that. Because I didn't know plays. Right. And, and I, like I said, I mean, just learning the game, I was more of a player. But like I said, I mean, I could go to a park and, and have a great afternoon and, and you know, and, and stay on the court all day because... I was I was just thinking about playing, yeah. but I, I wasn't a student of the game. Okay, right. Which my experience as a high school student led me later on in life to become a student of the game. Mm. You know, my lack of experience, my lack of knowledge of the game itself, mm -hmm. um, again led me to or drove me to become more methodical about playing the game. When, when was that aha moment? Because it sounds like you went from just like uh, not really having the full you know, 360 view of the game. You were just in there kind of just slicing right through the middle, let me go score or whatever your, yeah. your go-to was. But then at some point it clicked and you were like, I'm missing a huge piece of this. Yeah, so... And that was like a motivation for you to go get it. Was, it. Uh, it was my, I believe my senior year of college. Wow, okay. I was back home and... Um, you know, we, we used to, I used to attend a, a school, Catholic school, Good Shepherd in, in yeah. Inwood, oh, yeah. and um, we used to have open run there um, quite often. And um, there were a bunch of guys, a bunch of kids that wanted to play in an event, but they needed a coach. It was, you know, it was, I think, $100 to get in the event or $50 to get in the event, and it was oh, indictment. for a team. For, for a team. For, yeah. It was just, Got like, a bunch of kids who, who kind of grew up under me. Yeah. You know, they were a few years younger. And, you know, they were kind of like following in, in my footsteps and my friend's footsteps. We kind of all hung out, hung out with each other. Right. So they wanted to enter this, this tournament, but they needed a coach. Yeah. So they asked me, would I be interested in, in going with them? And I said, sure. Because at that time, they were still in high school. That's what it was. They were still in high school, and I was just finishing up college. Mm. So I said, sure, I'll coach you guys. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no knowledge of what... You know what I want that I knew that I wanted to coach then, but it was at that moment that was my aha moment. You know, so having being on the sideline, pretending to know what I was right. doing, trying to give the kids some directions, I said, "This is cool." I said, "This is," you know, it reminds me of when I used to watch Pat Riley up on ah. the sideline. You know, you know, coaching. Did you go teams. suited up to that game? No, no, oh, okay. no way. No. <laughs> no. You said Dykeman. Was it? On the Dykeman, like outdoors? No, it wasn't okay. outdoors. It was uh, in a middle school. Okay. Uh, I don't know the name of the school. The one? No, that's uh, it. It might be off of Sherman, Sherman Avenue. Okay. I went yeah. to Dykeman. So, um, so we, I ended up coaching a team. We lost. We lost. It was a humbling experience, you mm -hmm. know, my first game. But 
you know, I think at that moment, that's when I first felt like this might be something I want to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So um, it was after college, when I was done with college, um, my first job was teaching at a, at, a, at a Catholic school in the Bronx near the reservoir in Kingsbridge, um, Our Lady of Angels, OLA. Yep. And um, my first year teaching, I was given an opportunity to coach um, the JV team. Okay. And um, I, I loved it. I, I loved being on a solid. We had a good team back then. And um, that's when I really got into it. That's when I, I you know, I, I wanted to be the next Pat Riley, the next, you know, Calipari. And um, at that point, that's when I really started focusing on, like, different different aspects of the game and different uh, strategies. Yeah. And that's when I started experimenting with different offenses and different defenses. And, and you know, I started developing into, into a coach um, right out of college. You, you started to, I mean, you had, like, a sick hunger for it at that point like yeah and I, craving yeah like, and I didn't, I didn't realize that that I mean like I said I mean I had an extreme passion for the game yeah. I and mean, I loved the game I watched the game all the time you know um, and I played it I mean yeah I, I just always continued to play basketball um, so I think coaching filled that void of not having that opportunity to really maximize my experience as a high school student mm. yeah you know it was almost like you know what I didn't understand the game the way I understand it now, and I want to understand it so that I can teach it, yeah. so I can explain to players how and why we do what we do. And it's you almost know? your get back, right? It's like yeah. your comeback story yeah. almost. Yeah, sure. So so I, I got really serious about it, and uh, I remember um, I was uh, coaching at Our Lady of Angels. I got really into it. I was, uh, I was a JV coach. I think we won a championship in the CYO mm -hmm. level. Uh, you know, Catholic Youth uh, Organization, I yep. that's what it stands for. Um, and then from there, um, I had an, an opportunity to be uh, an assistant coach on a varsity as well. We had success there, and, and it was a lot of fun. And I said, I, 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 I like it. really got into this, really got into it. And, um, you know, I was practicing every day, and uh, I was, like I said, you know, just doodling and drawing. You know, I had napkins and papers in my pockets, <laughs> just me drawing up different plays and different sets. And I, you know, I, I was watching uh, a lot of college basketball at the time. That's when I started, you know, shifting from high school, or excuse me, from the NBA to college mm -hmm. basketball. College basketball to me was where you really learn how to coach. Right. right. And just watching all the great coaches and different plays, you know, I, I, I would always pick up a couple of things that maybe Coach K did, or you know, um, uh, you know, Jay Wright, something he might have done with his teams, and I try to implement it on a. On a CYL level, you know, right. and uh, and you know, to me, that's when I, I realized that's what I want to do. I want to coach. I, I want to coach. And um, you know, shortly after, an opportunity came where I was able to come to St. Raymond and teach here. Yeah. Now St. Raymond is obviously where it was at. I mean, you know, to me, that that was you want to coach. That's where you need to be. Right. Mm -hmm. You want to be at St. Raymond. So. A gentleman by the name of James Winkle, Jimmy Winkle. Oh, yes. Mr. Mr. Great Winkle. Mr. Winkle. Mr. Winkle, um, I've known Mr. Winkle for many, many years. Is he from the Heights? He's from he, Inwood. He's from yeah, Great Shepherd. Because him and my cousin Alvin Montilla used to be hanging out all the time. I know Alvin. Well, like, can I tell you something? Oh, Go. Victor Montilla yeah, buddy. was one of the kids I coached in that game oh, in Dykeman. No! Yes. Oh, you see, see how I started everything connects here? You asked yeah. Victor about that. That's crazy. Yeah. I haven't seen Victor in forever. That is he's, so he's come to games. Really? He's been to many games. Really? Okay. Yeah. 
check. No, that's amazing. It's been many games. So Victor went to Good Shepherd. So Victor was the, on the come up. He was we yeah, were older, a little yeah. bit older, but, so but it was him awesome. and his boys. Uh, Leslie, <laughs> uh, I forgot Leslie's last name, but um, you know that was that little crew that wanted that that they played ball with us. They would always play with us, and they were the ones who asked Damn, me if I could coach them. So that's funny. So yes, so so that little crew, um, they're the ones who got me started. My first very first game coaching. So so you know while I was in. Uh, at Our Lady of Angels, like I said, Jimmy Winkle, mm -hmm. who taught all of us. I mean, is he still here? Yeah, he's still no, here. He's still. he's still here. You know, he taught us. Uh, he taught my whole family, and um, he was here teaching at St. Ray's while I was at Our Lady of Angels. And he told me about an opening in the at that time it was social studies and religion. Mm -hmm. And he was uh, trying to get me in here. He was trying to get me in here before, and uh, he was able to to get me into. Uh, Got me an interview with uh, Mr. Polisi and Brother Frank, and, and I was able to land the job. Wow. And at that point, I, I knew that this was where I wanted to be. And the basketball, great basketball teams back then, you know, I think when I started, that was Julius Hodge's uh, senior year. Mm. Right? So Julius Hodge, that was 2000, 2001. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was my, like, my first introduction to St. Ray's basketball, and I mean, I always knew about it. You got but, spoiled, oh yeah, bro. for sure, for sure, for sure. We had some great teams back then, and um, and we had just won recently with Peter Mulligan. Right, you know, he won in, in 2000. Right. Um, so I just missed that one, uh, but I, I followed high school basketball, and you know, St. Ray's was like to me, like that, you know, that was like the Yankees of high school basketball. Yes. You know, they, they 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 were just always good. You know, growing up as a kid, yeah, you know, yeah, when yeah. I was sick of heart, it was like, you know, we could never compete with St. Ray's. You know, St. Ray's, they're on a different level. Stacked, you know, yeah. they're on a different level. And, um, you know, so when I had the opportunity to come here and teach, I had other opportunities to go elsewhere and, and venture off even in the public school sector. And uh, I decided, no, I, I wanted to come here. So basketball actually motivated me to come and teach here at St. Mm -hmm. Ray's. So when I when I started teaching here again, I didn't coach my first year, but um, I was coaching in the CYO, and Ronnie Patnosh, who used to be the former athletic director yes, here, everybody nice. knows Ronnie Patnosh. Um, he had coached at up the block in the grammar school, and he was coaching for many years, many many years. He holds many records, yes. and um, you know he wanted me. Well, he, he well we, we were in the same history department together, yeah. and. Um, you, you know, we would always talk basketball, CYO basketball, and he knew that I wanted to coach, and he knew that I wanted to coach here. And um, so when an opportunity came up where the JV coach, whoever the JV coach was there, would no longer uh, continue to coach, he thought, let me recruit Mr. Lopez, and maybe he might want to come to St. Raymond and coach in the Raymond's Nest. Mm -hmm. And when he asked me to coach grammar school basketball, it was the most exciting moment of my life because, again, it was one step closer to St. Ray's basketball right. on a high school level. You know, yeah. I'll be up the block, even though I'm up the block. Right. You know, it's still St. Ray's, right. and they had great teams back then. I mean, really, really Julius good. Got to start. Julius is playing with him. Oh yeah, yeah. Lot. Oh, he had many great teams. Oh my and, god. And um, but knowing that I was going to coach at the grammar school for me was was all world, and 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 I got I was really excited. So, Did you suit up for those games? No, I, I didn't even get to coach <laughs> oh, a game. Oh, damn, I'm skipping. All right. Yeah, so so the big moment came. Um, it was probably a few weeks after Mr. Panash had, had asked me to coach, um, and I took the job. 
um, Oliver Antigua calls me up. I was on vacation in Florida. I remember it was uh, during the Easter break. And he asked me if I wanted a coach. And I said, why? He said, well, Coach DeCesar needs a new coach. And he had asked me to coach, call you because he knows you're, you know, you're a coach. And I was always, I was at every St. Raymond game. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that my first year here. So I was always here. I mean, I was a junkie. I was, I yeah. was hooked. And uh, I was at every game, and he knew, you know, Gary DeCesar knew I was coaching uh, CYO basketball, and, and he knew I wanted to get into coaching on a high school level. And so uh, Mike DeMarco, who was uh, a coach here, who had won several championships on a varsity B level mm-hmm. um, while he was here, got a job, a high school job, uh, or a job at a high school uh, in Tarrytown. It was a great opportunity for him. He really couldn't pass up that opportunity. He was working towards his master's certification. So he decides that he's going to go. Yep. So he leaves, and that opens up the varsity B job. And at that point, Oliver Antigua asked me if I would be interested in taking that job. And Gary Caesar wants me for that job. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 just, I was torn because, you know, here we have Gary DeCesar asking me if I wanted a coach here at St. Ray's. And for me, I felt like that was my opportunity to get my foot in the door. Yep. And it, and it truly was. Um, but I had committed myself to Mr. Patanash. Uh. And there was no way I was going to go back on my word because that's just how I'm built. And, uh, you know, I thought it would have been the wrong thing for me to do. So I ended up having a conversation with Gary. Gary says to me, don't worry. I'm going to take care of it. You're going to, do you want to coach grammar school basketball or do you want to coach high school basketball? <laughs> I said, well, I really want to coach high school basketball. He said, I'll take care of it. <laughs> so, so sure enough, he had a conversation with Mr. Patnas, and I get a call back from them, and from Oliver and, Ms. and Gary. They had me on the speakerphone, and they said I'm going to be the next varsity beat coach. Wow. So I was super excited. But this was on the phone, you said. This right? was on the phone. No FaceTime at the no, time. This no, no, no FaceTime on the phone. Yep. So I'm on vacation. I was very excited about the opportunity. And uh, again, I thought that was my moment. I'm, I got my foot in the door. You know, I came here because I wanted to coach basketball and uh, I'm getting my chance. Did you fist pump? Like what was the, on the other side of the phone, if there was a camera there, what were you doing? Uh, I was probably jumping up and down. Okay, good. Because <laughs> you know? I can't imagine you just being like, no, 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 I was with a bunch of friends and I, and I, I was explaining to them that I was going to be given this opportunity and they, you know, my friends, they follow basketball as well yeah. and they knew that St. Ray's it's a big was big time and it was a big deal. So they were very happy for me. So, you know, we went out and celebrated, but again, it was a big, it was a huge deal for me. You were in Miami? Miami? I was in, uh, you said Florida. No, I was in Fort Lauderdale at the time. Okay. Uh, still close enough. You can get crazy out there. Yeah, so. no, I didn't All get right. too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Not that we know of, Miss yeah. V. Uh, no, <laughs> we can leave her out. No, no. My bad, man. We go edit this. No, I'm kidding. But uh, but no, you know, for me, like I said, I was just excited. I was excited because I was going to be here in the high school coaching, and um, my first year. So you know, before uh, you know, I spoke to Ronnie Patterson, and I didn't know how to face him. And, right. You know, he gave me a hug. He said, oh, don't worry about it. I know, you know, you want to coach here, and it's okay. I'll get somebody else. You know, don't feel guilty. But, you know, he uh, he gave me a hard time. He gave yeah. me a hard time for a few minutes, and sure. then, uh, you know, he just let me know it was okay. He said, this is where I need to be. That's and great. he encouraged me to take the job, and uh, and, I, and I felt better about it. And he was, you know, great athletic director. Yeah, he was awesome. Um, yeah, while I coached here. And, um, you know, so I, my first two years, I coached the varsity B team. And uh, in my second year, we won a city title <laughs> against uh, – against Christ King, who was undefeated that year, and Joe Arbatello, the current 
coach at, at Christ the King yeah. was the varsity beat coach then. Oh, look at how things me and, Yeah, so me and Joe go back long. That's long. amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I, I imagine you guys talking out. Oh, we always, yeah, we always That's talk, amazing, talk about man. it. We it's also beautiful to see the growth, with, you know, between two colleagues, I bet. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I get along with uh, with all the high school coaches in the league. And that's, we, you know. that's one thing. Um, We, we, we had an opportunity to... Um, Pat Mazzaroni. Pat Mazzaroni. He spoke highly of you. He spoke highly of you. And that's also what I learned. Like, you guys as high school coaches, it's kind of like, there's like this, you know, you guys, it's a, it's a, camar- it's a camaraderie there. Listen, Which we, it was a surprise to me. I, I'm not going to No, lie. yeah, no. We Listen, we all want to compete and we all want to beat each other up. Yeah. For sure. But, you know, Pat and I can get on the phone and just chop it up, you know, yeah. and that's how it is with all the other coaches, you know. We, we really get along, you know. Uh, that's beautiful. Ed Gonzalez from Bishop Lachlan, you know, yeah. he beat us here in the first game of the season, I think by three points yeah, in a very close that. game. Right. And, um, you know, I want I wanted to win as much as he wanted to win, but at the end of the day, that's still my guy. And uh, right. you know, we still you no know, hard feelings. No, never, never. No hard feelings until you see him on the court. Until exactly, <laughs> exactly, and then you know we get over it. So speaking of which, um, we're I'm excited because I'm gonna be here on Friday. We're gonna be here Friday. Okay. Stop in that game because we interviewed um, the coach okay. and, um, and R J Davis. R J Davis, Davis um, and we told them we would be at the game, especially with the Rays. So we're excited about that. So yeah. make us look good. You know, yeah. Whoop their ass. I mean, tail. I'm gonna shake their hand but I'm gonna yeah just so you know like we're cool but you know it's Ravens all day (laughs) for life baby for life there you go Uh, so I have a question a specific question about you as a coach right Um, this might be a stupid question but I don't believe in stupid questions I'm gonna go ahead and ask how would you describe yourself as a coach and I say that to say this right when I look at Pat Riley Right, and I, I look at him as a very defensive-minded coach. You know, he's very like tough as nails. His players exemplified the grit that I think Pat Riley just wanted. What you see on the court. Another name I'll throw as a disciple from him is uh, Coach uh, Jeff Van Gundy and a guy like Tom Thibodeau, who like come from that kind of same. That and tree, I'm only, yeah. I'm just throwing names out there just so I can get an idea of if I had to see what Lopez is. Are you that kind of like defensive gritty coach? Do I, do I make sense to you? Yeah. Or is it like you're more offensive? Than you're tr- like, does it uh, make sense? I would have to say that I am equally balanced. Okay. Because, you know, I, I love defense. Right. I love defense and, and, you know, I try to get after it and, and the kids, you know, we, we emphasize to them that we need to get stops and we need to disrupt offense and, and we need to pressure the ball and we can't just, you know, play laid back. Right. Um, and and we, all, we, we work a lot on defense. Nice. And then on the offensive end, um, I love to get creative. And mm-hmm. when we have players that can actually execute and you can get good scoring opportunities from the players, you know, it makes you feel good, especially when you draw something up and they execute it and they do score, you're like, okay. You, know, like, <laughs> you made me look good. Yeah, yeah, you made me look like Coach K right now. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I just like to balance it. I, I don't like to be all in on one thing, right, you sure. know, because I, I think that there, you know, you have to be a two-way player. Just like you want a two-way yes. player, I think you have to be a two-way coach. I said that and I, and I, and I knew Obviously, I know that there's two sides of the game of the ball. Like, yeah, but there's there's definitely coaches that tend to overemphasize one, right, one right. thing. But the one thing I notice, the kids, the the, the players are going to be receptive to your your message. And right. if all you're preaching is defense, 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 then they might be a great defensive team, but they're not going to pay attention to detail 
or be so receptive to offense because right. so much of the emphasis and so much of your practice right. is on defense. Right. Right. And then if you're the other way, if you go the other way and all your off, all your practices are just simply focused on offense, and yeah, you might be able to run you know, the flex offense and, and you might be able to set great screens and come off a, you know, a stagger or screen to screen or play and, and, and knock down shots, but you still gotta get stops. That's mm -hmm. right. And if you're, you know, that's all good, but what happens if you're struggling to score? Right. You know, and you can't get that stop because mentally you're not locked in and you're not thinking about stopping the ball or, right. or disrupting right. offense. Right. And because, again, so much of the emphasis was on offense. Right. So I, I, I'm a firm believer that you have to try to balance your, your, your philosophy and I think you have to balance your time and practice. And, you know, that way it's, it's equal, you know, it's, right. there, there, there is a balance. Right. And that's why, that's what I try to emphasize to our guys and, and just reaffirm that we, we got to get stops. I love offense. Trust right. me, I love offense, sure. but, but I love defense just as just much. Quick question on that. Um, there's a climate now in the NBA where like kind of the Golden State Warriors and especially Steph Curry is kind of like the staple of like the new era of basketball in the sense of like, I'm not talking about the best player. I'm just talking about the style of the way the game is played, the three-point shot. Have this, has this trickled down here to high school ball? And if so, how have you been able to kind of, you know, balance out offense as far as not have them all be three-point shooters? And, you know, has this been an issue that you have to kind of like subdue a little? I love the three-point shot. For sure. I, I do. For sure. But I do see the negatives in it because, and, and I, you know, Steph Curry, I think, is a phenomenal player. For in sure. fact, he's one of my favorite players, current players. Sure, same. He's, uh, you know, he's fun to watch, yep. and I just love the way he shoots. But here's a kid who can shoot with high efficiency. Mm -hmm. So when you step over the half-court line and you're shooting a three, you can do that because right. that's your shot. That's right. your game. That's You're good. You know, right. you, you, there is consistency, and you've proven that. Right. So right. if I have to run a play where you're hopping over the half-court line and just giving the ball clear out and just, just let it rip, so be it. Right. But that's him. Right. But what the problem that I've had is that, and this is where it trickles down, the kids don't necessarily work, again, going back to what we talked about before, they're not working on their game. Right. right. They want to play, but yet they want to do step-back threes and... and and come over half court and just square up and shoot the ball without really working on that. And 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 the other thing is, what, what bothers me about uh, about the three point shot is that the kids would rather shoot the three and not think about well, let me let me take the high percentage shot. For sure, drives me insane. Let me take the high percentage I shot. You know how many times kids are even you know, uh, and we watch we watch a lot of film. Oh, okay, good. And and. We'll break down film and we'll and I'll tell the kid, listen, you just drove the lane and you had a wide open look at the layup. Yeah, yes, I know. This kid was up wide open in the corner, but you thought that was the right play? <laughs> you thought kicking out to the corner was the right play? Right. So again, the mindset is, let me shoot the three, let me shoot the three, let me shoot the three. And, you know, I think that's what the issue that, that high school coaches are having today, and, this, and I think it's all across the country, yeah, across the, yeah. is that... Everybody wants to be the next Steph Curry. Yeah. The Steph Curry, again, coming from an NBA family. Yes. Who had Special access to guy. a gym and, and, yes. and around professionals. Yes. You know, and professional training. I mean, and whose dad was phenomenal. And who's one NBA of the best you know, top shooter in the NBA. That's right. You know, obviously, they're, they're, you know, he's a gifted player. And unless you come from 
that type of background, then I, you know it's going to be tough for you to be a consistent player as he is in, in that respect. Because again, you know, I mean, we've had good players in, in recent years who want to settle for threes. And, and and the crazy part is, you know, we keep track of their stats, and, and I'm big on numbers, on yeah. statistics. And I'll tell a player, listen, you're shooting 18% from three, <laughs> and you're shooting 72% from in within the paint Dang. area. Let's do the math here. Why do I still need you to shoot threes? Why don't you just drive it? Drive it. And believe it or not, when, when that player locks in and realizes, you know what, coach is right, that player will come out and have a great game. Yeah. Right. But then right. they they have selective memory and they'll forget the conversation we had and then they'll revert back to, hey, I'm the next Steph Curry. <laughs> I need to show all these college coaches that I can shoot the three just as well as he can. And it drives me crazy. That, that's actually a very good point because now, now you got to look at it from the, the kids' perspective, right? So a lot of these kids have hoop dreams of going really far, sure. NBA, etc. College is that next step getting that look and hopefully getting that scholarship etc that's big on their minds i wonder though just i'm sure you're in those circles have probably relationships with college coaches how do they look at a game for instance if a player tries to default to the three-pointer right is that favorable for that player no. in the college ranks no no they look at college coaches I, I talk to these guys all the time and they look at the game logically the way the way the conversation that you and I were having right. about the game, you know, like why settle for the three? You know, like drive it, just score the two. You know, yeah. it's, or get it's the unconventional system. three. Yeah, or the conventional. Yeah, three. exactly. Yeah. So you know, they're 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 saying to themselves, oh man. In fact, it hurts them because they're saying, I don't want that kid because number one, the kid can't shoot. Yeah, right. you know, He's the kid's gonna shoot. So I gotta go find someone else, somewhere else, somewhere so, somewhere else across the country. There's another kid that can shoot the ball much more efficiently. Than that kid that I'm looking at right now. So right. thank you very much for exposing your weakness. No thanks. Right. You know, on to the next. Right. This right. is a business. So, you know, when you play with with uh, with care on the floor, and you are playing the right way. Uh, again, college coaches they pick up on that. They they know when a kid is playing the right way. And for for those coaches, those are the kids they want. Those are the kids. I want that kid because that kid, he'll be able to run my offense. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have to worry about him breaking away and taking a crazy shot because he has to prove to everybody else, his parents and his AAU coach and everybody else, you know, in the stands that he's the next Steph Curry. Right. You know, all he cares about is playing the right way and trying to get that win. Mm -hmm. You know, so, but but it's, it's that's, that's, that's the youth today, you know, I right. mean, and it's crazy because, like I said, I love Steph Curry's game. I love yes. his game. I'm yeah. a big fan. Sure, yeah. sure. But not everybody can be right. Steph Curry. Right. That's right. You know, and I think, again, and then the other thing is, you know, he's not very um, big guy. You know, he's, he's what, 6'1", 6'2", right. at most. Right. right. You know, he's average size, you know, right. and, and that's why more and more kids look up to him. And that's they right. want to, they're drawn to him because they can relate to him. That's right. That's, I can't be seven foot shooting three. I, I, I want to be that guy. Right. The step back three. You that's know. right. You know, it's it's so funny. Like I was, I had this off-air conversation. It's like my friends and I would talk about basketball, especially NBA basketball, because it's just it's there, right? My thing is, is if you're on a break, and I see this a lot. I don't know if this happens with you in high school ball, and it's probably this is the Lopez that we don't that I I'm not familiar. Yeah. That's what I see the Lopez that you know. It's yeah. freaking head. They always gone. say the the, the vein. The vein. The vein. <laughs> the vein. It's, they can see the vein. It's like, if, does it happen where I see this in the NBA all the time and it drives me crazy? 
These are professionals. You're not Steph Curry yet. Three on two, fast break. The third person leaks out to a corner. So now it's the two. So now, typically they give him that ball wide open. But you're not a 40% three-point shooter. You might be a 33% three-point shooter. And in that case, he misses that three-point shot. And like, where the hell is basketball in general? Like you're leading a three-on-two break, and you and, and you, you don't it, score. You make it a two-on-two, and you take and you a bad shot that you know you're not a great at. You're not Del Curry. You're not Steph Curry. Do you see that here? Is that something that I will All see? The time. And it's same no. no, Don't make me be no, assistant you, coach no, because, because I will buy, kick somebody. I will no. break clipboards. You have no. to get me some new clipboards because. I have a year supply. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, I heard stories. I heard stories about you. <laughs> so, I never heard anyone. Just, no. Let's just be clear. It's just I you and the clipboard on the floor. Yeah. So, it, you know, like I said, we watch a lot of film, and we have a lot of stats on on our players, and we like we have a a primary and a secondary break. So, like a kid, like you know, we have a kid, Teron Allen, who's a decent shooter. He is mm-hmm. a decent shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, streaky, but he's one of our better shooters. Right. And when he gets hot, he gets hot. You know, right. he's still trying to find his stroke. He's a kid. I'll say, go spot up in the corner. Okay. Because he, he's probably he probably has a higher chance of knocking down a wide open three than to go one on one with someone and try to score. I, I said, get it. I, for him, but it's different for different guys. You know, there's another guy we have, Carrie Taylor, one of the hardest working players we have on this team. He he is not a good three-point shooter. So his my rule for him is block to block. You're going rim to rim. Rim to rim. You're, you're go, you get the rebound, go outlet, and run. Mm-hmm. I better not see you on the perimeter. Do not. And and if I see him on the perimeter, I'll Yank. take him out. I'm like, wh- why? We just talked about you, it. You're shooting below 10% for three. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's not a good shot. You're not giving us a good chance. You're not giving yourself a good chance. Right. So, but, the, but again... Going back to my high school days, yeah. You know, I can't tell you if I had good coaches or bad coaches because, again, you didn't listen to them anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to shoot threes. You know, I wanted to shoot threes and right. try to dunk on people. Right. You know, so but uh, but but teaching them the game and making them understand high percentage shot, low percentage shot. You know, what's the better shot here? That's I take it extremely personal. Yes. You know, and it's been a personal. Um, goal of mine, and it's been my crusade. Let's let's. I want to try to teach the game of basketball the way I would teach a history class, you know. And it's like, no, no. This is why we do what what we do, you know. This is yes. why I want you to set this screen this way versus setting the screen that mm. way. I, this is why I want you to go over top of the screen versus going underneath the screen, you know. So, but so the kids say I talk a lot, but I do. I, I'm trying to teach. I'm trying to teach. You know, one of our best players right now, Gary Grant. When he was a freshman. He's a beast. Yeah, so he's having a phenomenal year. I mean, I think he's in contention for play of the year. Wow. City. And when he was here as a freshman, and I'll, I'll never forget this. So he was playing preseason basketball with us, and I drew up a play, and I said, Gary, I need you to slip the screen on this play. And when I wasn't looking, and I caught him through the corner of my eye, he's asking the kids, what, what does he mean? What, is, what does he mean by slipping? I don't know that. Right. And again... I'm thinking to myself, don't worry, you will know that. Right. You know, and now we talk basketball, 
you know, used basketball terminologies and jargon, and, and he gets it. And it's, I just always think back to, wow, I remember you were that guy. You were wrong. And look at you now, you know? Yeah. And that's why that's important, because when they go off to college, these guys, they have to, they have to be ready. You know, yeah. they have to be ready. And, yeah. and one thing that I know we've done here at St. Ray's, you know, going back to Coach Delbovi, and I'm sure before him, we've gotten our kids ready to go off and experience college, college basketball. Yeah. And we've gotten that compliment from a lot of different coaches over the years. Like, hey, when we get your guys, they're, they they have some clue. They, they're they not clueless coming into this. Right. They, they have a clue of what we're doing and what we're trying to establish and what we're trying to do. So you guys did a good job preparing them in, in high school. That's so, beautiful. you know, that's, that's, that's big. Cool. Yeah, sure. But that's, again, part of the culture. That's what we do here. You know, I, I personally, because I'm a, we're both basketball enthusiasts. I'm, I'm a junkie for the sport. I love it, and I watch it on all levels. And in my, for me personally, I think I love what it is. Is you're planting that seed of how the game is supposed to be played. Mm-hmm. Uh, bar none, like I, what I love most is that you're throwing numbers at them because like numbers, they say men, women lie, but numbers don't. Mm-hmm. I think kids respond to that. It's like you, if you average one point a game, you're like, yeah, dude. You average you one point a game, but you want to start. Yeah, you know, exactly. Not, as opposed to, I don't like you, you're not starting. Right, you're starting you know, to be here, here's, your, here's your line, all right? Can you do better than that? This, this is why, see, as I get older, you know, you have people in, in general that get older in life and, and they hate all the new technology. They get, oh. like, weirded out and they, they, they get skied and they don't want to be next to it. Yeah. Me, I embrace it. Of course. And I love, we have an app that I use on my, on my iPhone. And um, I can show them how badly they're playing. Really? Like, okay, you want to? Okay, you want to know why you're not starting? All right, well, and I'll pull it up, and I'll pull up the stats, and I can actually pull up pull up highlights of the kids and say, okay, you see all these missed shots? You see that? You see that shot? And I'll just press a button, and it'll play. I think I've seen this thing. What is this? It's uh, it's called. It's there there are different versions of it. You know, you have huddle, you have uh, crossover. I forgot the NBA uses something different. That's so Um, awesome. And and it's it, but this is the era that we're living in. For sure. So it's like okay. So for for me to tell them that hey, you're shooting 20% from 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 three, for some kids it's like "Ah, so that means nothing to me. So you have to show. Mm-hmm. Like for them, it goes in one ear and out the other because it doesn't. They don't process that, you know that that stat. Has the um has plus minus integrated itself in the high school ball yet? You know, like uh, an NBA they have like a, a stat at the end called plus minus, where it's like it's like kind of like impact. tallying up, huh? The impact on yeah, like for example, like you may score six points per game, but you may have affected the game to where you're a plus three on the floor, meaning. Your, your team is up three when you're on the floor. In the system, no, but okay. we do that. Oh, okay, okay. But we do that. We do that. Actually, there is a stat line, though, that they get that they, they'll, they'll crunch numbers and they'll say, okay, you're underperforming based on your average. You should be averaging this much, oh. and you're 14 points below what you're expected to average because of what you've told up to this point God. in the oh, season, you know? Wow. So you're like at, at a negative. Oh. Like a Gary Grant is at a plus because oh, okay. he's doing well and he's having a great season. Right. We might have had kids who had a good start or were inconsistent with certain with some games where they might have scored a lot of points and gone three games without scoring a basket. Right. So like, whoa, you're underperforming. You're 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 the plus minus guy, right? right. So you're, you know. So, but I always, you know, since since I've been coaching here, especially with Coach Antigua, we always used to use that plus minus analogy. Like, really? Hey, you know, you just you just scored, you know, six points or eight points in the last two minutes and a half. 
but you, you have 10 turnovers. Yeah. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You just, you have 10 turnovers. So really, you're countering your production. Yeah. So you're the plus minus guy. Don't yeah. be the plus minus guy. <laughs> don't be that guy. Don't be the, you know, don't go, don't go grab a steal, you know, and then give up three, three you know, turnovers. Three, three turnovers. Right, right, right. Love that. Man. Or knock down a three and then, you know, your man give scores. Yeah, oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's don't be the plus minus guy. That's right. that's been always been our thing. I've I've always used that. Like don't be that guy. Let's don't do be it. the plus Let's minus guy. I love it, man. We ahead of your time. So we we didn't finish kind of your coaching journey. So we, we okay. stopped off at Vars B. Okay, we didn't okay. get into yeah. Vars. Sorry, you know regular Vars. Because so, I circled back to the teaching yeah, moments. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. that's good. We yeah. love all of this. Okay. Yeah, yes. So um so when I took over the Vars B, my second year we won we won a city title. Oh, that Joe Arbatello. Joe Arbatello. Yes. Yeah. Christ yeah. the King. That was a great great accomplishment for me because you know, again. It's becoming my passion, and I'm really getting into this, and I'm really focusing in on becoming a better coach. And you know, at that time, I was going to camps, I was working camps, I was doing going to coaches' clinics, wow. and I was meeting all these coaches you would see on on television, on ESPN or CBS Sports, and I'm like, wow, you know, these, you know, I, I mean, I was just just a fixture in these clinics, and I was just jotting everything down. I mean, I was. They were giving examples of different plays, and I'm just shot, writing everything as much as I could, just trying to absorb as much as I could. And um, I really committed a good chunk of my adult life to becoming that student. Mm. And um, you know, like I said, I mean, I became it became a real passion of mine. Like, it, it, you know, my during my free time, I'm I'm watching basketball. I'm going to scout. I'm 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 doing something that has to do with basketball. Mm -hmm. well, I'm thinking awesome. about practice plans or what drills I want to do and getting different ideas from different people. And so, you know, um, I, I became obsessed with it. And while I was doing that, you know, winning the city title on the varsity, that was the that was a special year for St. Raymond. That was back in 2004. There's an orange banner behind me. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is it 2004? 2003. Three, 2003. So yes. orange. Yeah, the orange one. Okay. That year. Uh, all the teams in our program won a city championship. Nice. You know, varsity B, oh, our varsity team, yes. our JV, and our freshman team. And that was a special year for us. That ha had that happened before? That ha happened on three levels. I think Powell Memorial had, with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't know if it was Oh, but never here. No, it's never here. here. No. It was the first time no. in the history. No, it's happened before with three teams, but it's never happened with four teams. Four. Oh. It's happened with freshman JV and varsity. Before right. varsity B was. Before varsity B, right. Yeah, that's so, incredible. So that was the first year that it actually happened. And uh, we were very proud of that because, you know, we, we took over the city, you know. Yeah. And then. Damn, um, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, that's huge. Yeah, huge. and it was at that it was Greg Scott, uh, longtime freshman coach and varsity assistant. That's when he decided he was going to resign, mm -hmm. and he I'll wanted to resign. Yeah, he wanted to go out on Smart top. Man. And um, but again, that was a big, big job, you know. And um, I remember, you know, even our freshman, our JV coach Tony Irelli, mm -hmm. who was a great basketball rest mind. In rest in peace. Yes, yes. you know he. Uh, while I was the, the varsity B coach, I would help him out in practices. I would sit in on his practice. I would go travel to some games with him, and I learned a lot from him. His demeanor, his just his approach to the game, his how serious he was about the game. Right. And uh, you know, we had we had great coaches in this building, you know, um, who really took this took basketball seriously. Mm -hmm. And that was the one thing that I've always felt like this was like a college environment. Mm -hmm. You know, our approach from top to bottom, from the varsity all the way down to to the freshman and varsity B. You know, Gary DeCiso 
you always made everybody feel like you guys are the elite of your class, you know, right. and it was, you know, and, and you're a top-notch program. We are a top-notch program, and this is the way we're going to carry ourselves. Right. And uh, that's something I've always tried to continue to do and get and Olive Antigua had done during his tenure. So that that's important for us. Um, but, you know, so during my journey, while I was a varsity B coach, I got to hang out with Tony a lot and, you know, became a mentor to me and, you uh, you know, uh, we had a lot of great conversations and uh, about different strategies and what we want to do defensively. And we would share plays, and he would, you know, show me a lot of what he used to do, and I used to implement with our guys. And that was the one thing we never had egos. We would just always like, hey, what do you have? You know, share. yeah, let's let's That's share. So hey, cool. why don't you try this or why don't you try that? And um, you know, if I had something good, he would say, hey, wait, wait, can you draw that up for me? And, and that's how it was. You know, I have a question about that because every year you get a, a new batch of kids, like talent, right? And uh, do you ever have to like? skew back on yeah. certain plays sure. like yeah it's not going to work because we don't have the personnel yeah. to carry this out well that like out. I said I love I, I love and it's a love-hate relationship with the three but yeah. you know if I run certain plays where we want to try to get that shot that three-point shot and I know we just don't have the personnel for it like we're not a really good shooting team I'm you know I'll just scratch it out of my uh, playbook and I, right. I'll just maybe use it next year depending on right. the personnel it, it changes from year to year you know right. if we have a big post presence and you know I'll run something for uh, I'll run a couple of sets for for, for that for that one player right. um, but it changes you know if I'm if I'm not very if there's no one player that really serves as a scoring standout mm -hmm. then we might have to run like a motion offense where everybody gets a little touch or mm -hmm. right. you know we try to get the best option you know? right so i'm always playing around with our offense but i but i i pay attention to our our personnel right you know and i'm always watching the, the lower levels and varsity b kids mm. and you know i'm always thinking okay well if this that guy. kid gets to me right. i like this kid we could we could try to run this type of offense That's or, so or a smart. couple of sets yeah I was going to ask you, like, how how far in advance do you know the team you're going to have versus what you're going to use for that year as far as sets and offensive? You know, it, it changes because, you know, it, it, it's the new era of basketball where kids, every year it's like you'll have one or two players that might leave and you just don't know right. if you're going to have <clears throat> that same group. Um so you you can't plan too far in advance, mm -hmm. but you know you get a sense. You get a sense of okay, you know this is this is my guy. This is the guy. This is gonna be his year. This is what I want to try to run for this player. And you start implementing some of that stuff during the preseason and sometimes in the summer, depending on you know whether you, whether or not you have them or, the, or your assistant coaches might be coaching the teams in certain events. We're like, hey, listen, I want you to try to run this with the guys. Mm -hmm. You know, start start planting the seed so that way when I get them. They're in what I'm oh, talking that's about. smart. That's awesome. That's, you know? that's, that's genius. Do yeah. you guys run a, an AAU program still? No. Okay. No, we have players from all over. Got it. Yeah, we, uh, we have players from all over. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, I used to coach AAU basketball with Dana Dingle, with the, uh, with the Lightning. With the yeah. Lightning? Yeah. I did that's, that for two years. Uh, Yo, everything is just tying together, man. Yeah, yeah. We can't interview anybody without somebody knows somebody. Dana's a good guy, man. That, he so, is. Yeah, he is. We got a chance to meet him, and I got to say, man, exceptional man. It, yep. it, you know what? It's funny. This is why I, I love what we do here at Dribbling Dimes, because there's no there, there's a method to the mad, excuse me, method to the madness, you know, meaning it's it took a lot of planning. It's a lot of dedication, devotion, time, effort, energy. There's so much to a man's character 
and why he's standing in the positions that they are. Yeah, sure. And to, and, to, and Dana Dingle, you know, I was a huge fan growing up. As a kid watching, we were watching him in UMass. My brother went to UMass because of Dana mm-hmm. Dingle. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, you know, now we get to see what the process was, what the mindset was. And mm-hmm. um, so that's one thing that I, I want to say, Dribbling Dimes, we have a lot of youngsters that come and view our, our program and listen. So you imparting that wisdom and also for them to know what it takes to get to this level of high yeah. school and beyond. It's just good. It's good to drop that seed and yeah, no, no. inspire the youth to come up after this. Yeah. But um, yeah, no. But you know, Dana. Dana is also part of this process because coaching with Dana, um, coaching at AAU basketball, made me realize I don't want to be an AAU coach. Ah! <laughs> exactly. Why? Okay. What's the thing that uh, was most off-putting about it? I don't have anything against AAU right. basketball. Right. Um, there's some. There's a lot of good people in in, uh, in New York City that that I've developed good relationships with. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, our directors of their programs, and they do a tremendous job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know AU basketball gets a bad rap. Yeah, it does. But, uh, but you know, the one thing that I realized, so they were they were practicing the, the Lightning were they were using St. Raymond as a as a practice facility because mm-hmm. uh, they had a lot of Bronx and uh, Harlem kids yeah. playing here. And um, I remember distinctly coming down from um, from the office down to, to the court for six o'clock practice. It might have been like 5.30. And I had my practice plan in tow, ready to go. And that's how I prepare, that's that's what I do. You know, I, I, I'm very, again, methodical about my practices. This is what I want to get accomplished, this is what I want to do. I, I don't know if you saw this before, but you know, we're working on our defenses. Yes. You know, I had to slow it down because we know our personnel too much, so it became almost like a layup drill. Right. So I'm like, we're not. We're not. This right. is, we're not going to waste time. This is why I want you to do this, and but so on and so forth. But that's how I conduct practices. And when I came down to conduct my AU practice, it basically turned from a, a team practice to a two-man workout. Oh. So I found that I was working out more the guys, and 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 it had more to do with because it's AU. You had kids in, in prep school or kids that couldn't get to the Bronx on time because they go to school in Brooklyn right. or Staten Island or Long Island. There were a lot of kids from Long Island that were also playing on the Lightning team. That's mm-hmm. why there were two sites. Right. There, were, there, was, there was the Bronx and then it was the Long Island, uh, Long Island Gardens where uh, the, the Lightning practice out. Yeah. So that's when I, you know, I was getting frustrated because, again, the kids, I couldn't run sets because I didn't have everybody all the time here right, at practice. Right. So it was tough for me to run offense. Then defensively, you know, they felt, some players felt like this was summer basketball, so therefore this is my time to just chill out. Free for all. Right. Yeah, so um, I had a problem with that. You know, and, and I, again, I had the, the high school mindset. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I did it for two years, but it was a great experience. And uh, Dana was great to work for and work with. Um, and you know we still we're still very close and we stay in touch and he's also one of my big supporters St. Rain supporters yes, yeah. yes. Well, uh, yeah no so he's great but you know but but for me it was important because I realized nah that's I'm good mm-hmm. right. AU that's not what I want to do I, I know now I know that high school basketball is, is all it? I want to do this is what I want to do so I, I really got full focused on high school basketball and um, again it, it kept me here this right. is again I didn't venture off and do the whole AU scene um, so you know so I remember uh, after Greg Scott had announced that he was going to resign uh, I wanted to be the freshman coach mm-hmm. and at that time Olive Antigua was considering hiring 
other potential candidates to take over that job because it's a very big job. You know, when you look at New York City, you know, freshman basketball is still a big deal. You know, who's the incoming freshman? You know, who are the new crop of kids that are going to be the face of the program in the next couple of years? I mean, you look at middle school. Middle school is a big thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. ISA and all that. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's It's definitely got a lot bigger than than, than it was 18 years back. Really? Yeah, oh, for sure. You know what's so funny? If I may interject real quick. Um, When I was coming here, I remember I went to a Lincoln game, uh, and Sebastian Telfair Mm -hmm. was their point guard. Mind you, he was a freshman at this time. And all I all was known was this kid is like the next big thing, yeah, but NBA also like prospect. cousin of Stephon Marbury. Yeah, yeah. So I so I you know it takes me back to that time because I'm like yo it's true I was a freshman and like this gym was con- packed. You couldn't fit in here because and it was freshman. Right? And so I I wonder if you say it's bigger now. I wanted you to explain a little bit what that means. I think I don't think it's as big, okay. but it's still. Big. It was yeah. big when I was coaching. Okay. Freshman. Okay. Because okay. at that time, I, and the reason why I say that is because you see more <laughs> freshmen now on the varsity team than you right. did back then. Got I it. see. I Got see. It. So, so the level of competition is a little bit skewed, or a little bit, or I would say more watered down. Mm-hmm. But it's still very competitive. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, but when when I wanted to coach freshman basketball, it was a huge deal. Like if you were a freshman, they didn't care how good you were. You're playing freshman basketball. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's why you know those teams were special for me. Like because a kid like uh, uh, Gerald Coates who went off mm-hmm. to play at Drexel, a thousand point scorer here at St. Raymond. Wow. He wasn't playing varsity basketball. He was playing with me. Wow. You know, and <laughs> Dowell Truck Bryant, you know, formerly St. Raymond's all-time leading score, second leading score. You know. Um, uh, a top 100 kid who's regarded as one of the top three plays in New York. And he wanted to play varsity basketball. But, it, like I said, didn't matter how good you were, you're playing freshman basketball. Right. So I got a chance to coach him. Right. So I, that's when, you know, again, I got to coach a lot of high-level players because of the opportunities that I had on that level. Right. So I, I was really, talking about X's and O's, I mean, I was I was thriving. I was, I was loving it because these guys were good. Right. I, I was blessed. Wow. So... You know, as uh, so I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I mean, if, when Oliver, when the position presented itself, Oliver Antigua, and I, I, I basically asked him if I could have a meeting with him. And uh, it was funny because Ronnie Patnosh, I was working summer school, I was teaching summer school. Ronnie Patnosh actually came to my office, uh, to excuse me, to my classroom, and says, you know, um, Oliver Antigua was thinking about uh, offering other people the position. And I said, uh, I, I want that job. He says, so that's why he told me. He told me because he said, you need to go and let him know that you want the job. Right. And that's why, and Ronnie was great like that. Like, he knew that he I wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. He said, no, no, you need to go and talk to him and have that conversation with him and let him know that you're interested. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't tell him, he's going to give it to somebody else. Right. And uh, I sat down with Oliver, and I spoke to him that I wanted to be the freshman coach. And he asked me why, and I explained to him that I thought I would be a good coach. And, you know, just winning a city title with the varsity B, I, I wanted to be challenged. And, and he explained to me that it's an important job because you have to groom these kids and get them ready for him, for varsity. Right. And not only that, you had to discipline the kids, and you had to make sure that the kids who were transitioning, especially kids that were coming from public school, yeah. were transitioning and getting acclimated with now, be, you know, being in a Catholic or private school, you know, mm-hmm. all the rules and regulations and religion class and all that. Right. Right. So, you know, for him, it was more important that these kids transition and become disciplined and understand that there's there's a certain path these kids need to be on to get to him yeah, before right. they get to him. 
And um, I said, I could do that. I could do that job. And like I said, that's why, you know, George Wilkinson and Justin uh, Rivers and Darian Bemonek, that whole crew, that my first year, they were they were special because they put me through the challenge. You know, they again George Wilkinson put me through the ringer. <laughs> and I love that kid. But give us a, can you give us an example? Like what was one of those? Was like, he like one of those ego like maniac kids that he thought he was the ish? No, he was good. He was very good. <laughs> he was very good. I know, you yeah. know. He was deserving of yeah, it. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he yeah. should have. He yeah. should have been in. He came in with a lot of swag. The kid was just always in trouble, and you know, he just always tried to, ah, uh, what now? What try now, to one up now, you, you know? type of thing. You know, he would challenge me. You know, there were times. You know, if I drew up a play for someone else. God forbid the ball ended up in his hands because he was not going to reverse <laughs> the ball. He was going to go for his. And, and, you know, there were times where I had to bench him or there were times he would come and miss a dunk and I, have, I would have to bench him, just lay it in. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it was like kind of like that wasn't his thing. He needed to be flashy when he played. But he was, again, kid was good, good. you know. And um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, again, he, uh, he and I grew very close, very close because, again, I never gave up on him. And... Um, I knew that he just needed some direction. He just needed somebody to, 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 to sit on top of him mm-hmm. and not let him do whatever he wanted to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he definitely he, he definitely helped us that freshman year. And, uh, again, you know, things didn't necessarily pan out for him the way we thought it, w- it was. Again, he fell victim to, again, the prep school and uh, mm-hmm. he left St. Ray's. And, um, you know, fortunately for him, or for us too, you know, things didn't necessarily work out. Uh, for us, um, but uh, but you know, having that opportunity to coach freshman basketball was was a great experience for me, and I did it for ten years. I did it for ten years, and we had a lot of success, a lot of success um, doing it. And when uh, when Oliver Antigua asked me, um, actually no, I remember asking Oliver Antigua because there was a vacancy on his varsity staff. Okay, so. I didn't coach with him my first three years. First three years. Of freshman? Of Why freshman. You my freshman. Uh, well, I coached varsity B or freshman. Got it. Um, I coached my last nine years with him. So you did double duty? I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that was the thing. So so I remember we were out one night, and I asked him who was going to coach the, the team during the off season, And he asked me why, and I said, I want to do it. And he said, you know, he basically said, there's a lot of responsibility that come with that. And, you know, if you want that opportunity, I'll give you that opportunity. And he did. And um, it was a great, great experience for me. You know, um, you know, we still had, uh, who do we have? Ricky Torres, Chris Bethel. Like, that was my first group. Joe Melio. You know, they were, they were part of that, that first group that I ever coached mm. on the varsity level. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rich Jackson, Charles Bass. I mean, I can go on. I mean... And for me, it was it was a great experience because now we're talking about high level basketball, and you know, uh, having an opportunity to coach in some of these events, high school events, mm-hmm. was was really it really was an eye opener. And I said, oh yeah, I'm, this is it. Uh, this is what I want to do. Like I, I'm in the right spot. This is what I signed up for, and this is what I'm going to continue to do. And hopefully, at some point, I'll be a high school coach somewhere. I you know, I thought Oliver too was going to be here forever. I thought I would have yeah. to venture off and and. You know, pursue my, my, my dream somewhere else. But, uh, you know, Oliver Antigua was really great to work for. Um, he really allowed me to grow as a coach. He didn't tell me what offense to run. He didn't tell me what defense to run. 
Uh, in fact, he let me explore my options and, and different strategies, and, and, and we would always talk. We would always talk after every game, and he would always give me feedback. And and till this day, he still does. You know, we talk, we talk after every, almost that's, every game, and, awesome. and you know, I'll always ask, "Hey, what'd you see? You know, what, what would you have done differently?" Or, and he'll always ask me questions like, "Why'd you do this?" or "Why'd you do that?" And I'm just curious, you know. And and we just chop it up. But uh, but that's that's the respect that I have for him. I mean, he is he's a great coach. Yeah. He is a great great coach who had great success here. And um, you know, when uh, when we won back in 2012, it was it was great to see him finish and finish his career here on top yeah. you know and then again going back to you know the Danny Dingle and Myron Hakeman and those guys because he won we won with those guys right. you know and um, you know and it was in their final in their senior year right. you know yeah, and their sweet. senior year and his last year so it was special it was a special year you know we call that group the redeem team you know they yeah. bought I mean we went through like a, a seven-year drought and he and and he was able to bring it back home with, with those guys hmm. You know. Can I just I just want to segue something for the viewers out here who don't know where we're at actually, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, we are interviewing Coach Lopez here in the sky box all <laughs> of right? the Ravens. Oh St. Raymond, baby. How many high schools you do got a sky I said a sky box. Look behind <laughs> you in this brand new beautiful facility. Yes, yes indeed, baby. Sponsored oh. by our tuition. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, yes. So Dribble and Dives is live in St. Raymond High School Good for job, boys. Guys. Right here, and this is the illustrious baby. So. Thanks, mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> and brother Frank too. He, uh, brother Frank. He hooked up a couple sponsors. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. No, I'm sorry, man. I didn't want to. No, no. Please. I think it was important for me. To, oh, I can't absolutely. can't be in a in a skybox and not say skybox. No, I'm sorry. no I ain't used to this life, man. It's a luxury. I didn't grow up like this, but we gonna live like this. It's a luxury. Anyway, back to your story. Yeah. So you know, um, yeah, no, but just coaching and having that experience with Alabama too. You know, he always helped me get into uh, some of the top camps and work as a coach. You know, the hoop group camp, uh, which. Uh, you know, I think for a lot of budding uh, coaches that we see today, you know, they uh, they they uh, they start their careers there or they get their their feet wet and experience uh, coaching at some of these camps. At the Five Star Camp, you got me in, helped me uh, get a position coaching uh, one summer uh, at the Five Star Camp, and uh, again, he knew that this is what I wanted to do. And um, I remember him asking me, "What do I want to do?" And I said, "I want to be a high school coach." And and he encouraged me. And helped me every possible way, That's and awesome. he introduced me to a lot of great people um, who I, I still have relationships with today because of him. And That's uh, big. yeah, not huge, you know. So I just want to say big shout out to Oliver. I got a chance to meet him, and yes. um, I actually took a picture of, of you guys, yes, both of you. Great picture. I thought it was amazing, just because I had an opportunity to see everyone like kind of at the same time. It's kind of like I don't get to see everyone. All together. Yeah, no, sure. So again, it was a piggyback of what I said. Thank you for creating those spaces. Yeah. To get us all bunched up all yeah. together yeah, because you got an opportunity like for a person like myself and ourselves to meet people like Oliver yeah, sure. Antigua, awesome. et cetera, et cetera. And by the way, Oliver, we want you on the show as well, man. So if you're listening, baby, he'll be on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You next? <laughs> you coming? <laughs> he has stories. He I, has bet. Stuff a day. I bet. He has I bet. Great no, stories. I know. I bet. I bet. But I, it just—it's a beautiful thing though that your mentor, he's busy yeah, he's your mentor, mentor sure. and. Uh, the, the fact that he's still a part of your life, yeah. you know, years later, I think it's it, it goes above and beyond the duty of just like, 
yeah, let me help you get along and do your own thing. Yeah, it's no, like, yo, no. you got to love what no, you he's do. he's one of my closest friends. So I think that that's just, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's a learning thing for me, like, as far as mentorship. Like, But it's overall in life. You got to get lucky sometimes and get people around you yeah. in your corner. Yeah, to absolutely. Like absolutely. Push you to be the best you, you can be. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would not be in a position that I'm in now if it weren't for the people that I met, if it weren't for the opportunities that I've had along the way. You know, I never imagined ever being here back when I was a high school player, you know. Um, I I honestly thought I was going to go to college, get my degree, go get my PhD, and go teach at a university. That was going to be my goal. Um, But I got sidetracked, then basketball sidetracked. And (laughs) and again, going back to uh, your cousin, uh, you know, Victor Montilla. It's Victor's fault. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out, Victor. It all started then, and then it just continued. and, and, And that's when I started searching, you know, who I was and what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be. And I knew, you know what, working with kids was something I, I, I knew I wanted to do. And, um, you know, having the opportunity to teach, work with kids, and coach, can't get better it's than the that. the Holy Trinity. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so you know, for me, this was my dream job, you know, and, and I'm, I'm exactly where I need to be and where I want to be. So. so you see this, and you said this earlier, but this is your, your foreseeable future. This is what you want to be doing. Yeah, you know, Especially after achieving that 100th career win. Yeah. You know, now I'm on a mission to get to 200. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I want to establish my legacy here. You know, like I said, uh, Olive Antigua, Gary DeCesar, Coach Delabovi, before Gary, you know, those guys, they did their thing. They, they have banners up there. Mm-hmm. They, they've established their legacy. You know, now it's my turn. You know, that, that's I, I want to be able to do what those guys have done in the past. That's so cool. You know, so that's why getting to that 100th career win was important for me mm-hmm. because those guys have done it. Do you know, uh, we don't have this information, and I'm sorry that we don't, but do you know, like, all-time career coaching wins here as far as Vars A? I have it not off not, not off the We'll look that up, but we're going to share that later on because I'm, I'm curious now. Yes. Yeah. So one of, one of the big things... In, in dribbling dimes and why we do what we do is documenting this culture of basketball, right? Because, like, even your legacy that you've established to date is not, it's not something that you can just Google and all the stuff that you just shared pops up, yeah. right? And so it's it boggles my mind that, you know, for instance, here at St. Raymond, there should be a repository of data somewhere that, you know, illustrates a lot of these things that you brought up. Because, like, we have jerseys hanging up all over here mm-hmm. what were their career stats what like I, I know that that's stuff that you know now seems like common sense but when th- these things were happening technology wasn't really there people mm-hmm. thinking about it mm-hmm. to a degree to post that up there so like this is our little contribution to be able to have something recorded published so that your story for instance can be told and people can then connect dots so like when you're on the hall of fame and you know naismith hall of fame somewhere they're like, oh, it's Bob Hurley, oh, and Jorge Lopez, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I think it's critical, and I, I don't know if you guys have, like, a person on the staff that is in charge of, like, taking this information and publishing it somewhere. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Um, I wish we did, and it's funny you say that because it's like anything that I come across, I save. Yeah. You know, any, like, and especially when we, when we do the... Uh, the Hall of Fame induction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to do a lot of my research and gather all this information about these players. Right. 
and I make sure that I save all that stuff mm-hmm. because it's important information. And you know, it's sad because, like you said, you know, we don't necessarily have like an archive or a database where we can just pull up. Oh, okay, you know, well, you know, this person on this date did this and accomplished this, you know, milestone. It's almost like we we have to talk to guys and recall and and kind of Google search and whatever we could pull up is. It's all you can get, you know. But I will say this, to your credit, um, I think you creating that that inviting culture, if you will, like, I think that'll lend itself to those kinds of steps. Everyone bring in their resources, pull us together, pull you together, pull whoever. It's like, yeah, what's, you know, and and, and build what we think it should be, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think it starts with you, like, because you've created that that we mentality that Mm -hmm. I think it'll lend itself naturally because we love the race, we love what it stands for, we're byproducts of it, and... So it's like we want to give back. We want to have these kids be in the best light. We want to teach kids the way of life, not just basketball, like yourself said. And so I think it just—I think it'll, it's a natural occurrence. I think it'll eventually—it's it's, to be honest with you. Up until we discussed, we discussed this, excuse me, off air earlier. Up until he mentioned what he did, I never thought of it that way. I never said to myself, "Where's the you know highest top ten players scoring all time? Where's the highest?" coaching all time I never thought of it it's not even because you guys didn't do it it's just I never even so I think just like me I'm sure there's a lot of us that didn't even think about it we're just going about our day internet is new I don't know things of that nature you know yeah so right now um, if you notice this wall like right now we're in the process of renovating the skybox thanks mom and dad yeah (laughs) so we're in the process of renovating we're getting a new skybox a brand new (laughs) my first time in the whole seriously like are you kidding me well I mean we've done a lot of renovations with the bleachers and the doors you you know and and we said that was my thing when we when I when I took over I said we have the best facility in New York City. Period. The best facility. Period. No one has anything like this, and we've gotten so many compliments from so oh, many different people, yep. different coaches from all parts of the country. Yep. And I said we need to keep upgrading this because it would be a shame if we allow it to fall apart. Yes. And we'll, you know it was getting worn down. We needed a brand new floor. Like the blue paint, the blue outline was looking green. Oh wow. You know it was bad, and yeah. um, you know the bleachers were were caving in yes. and they were breaking and, and and it was like you know we we can't and and i'm gonna give credit to our new athletic director mm-hmm. ben Aguirre, a, nice. a graduate of saint raymond nice. i think he was a year ahead of me actually he he is he's the best he is the best ad anyone can have and he really loves this school he loves what the school represents and he wants to make sure that this school especially the athletic facility while on his watch is in the best shape possible and and we've done a lot of work and and going back to now the wall so you know we just took down a lot of the championship uh team photos Mm -hmm. and he has them because he plans on doing something with that wall to dedicate the success that this program has had over the years um so he we're in the process of doing that so we're trying to renovate this hopefully you know this summer but at the same time um, he wants to do more that uh, more, more in the sense that we'll see visually uh, the recognition, or excuse me, the uh, the success that this program has had and the school has had in general, not just in basketball but in athletics. athletics. And he, he wants to display that, That's you know. Dope. So, That's awesome. so he's working on that. He's working on that, you know. But 
we're also full-time teachers. I yeah, get it. You know, I get it, so it, I get it's it. t- just finding the time to do it. It's been tough. Listen, yeah. tell Ben that I want to be the first season ticket holder for the St. Raymond Ravens. Okay. Uh, and I don't mind having a seat up here. That's <laughs> well, we're working on that too. We're working on that hey, too. Let me know. That, was a, that came up. That was an idea. Really? It's not a bad yeah. idea. That was an idea. It's not sure. a bad idea. Like to have season tickets and yeah. people sit up here. Sure. Yeah. Well, how was the process now as far as sitting up here? It's open to alumni. That's good to know, because I always sit down there thinking, yeah, me too. how do you I'm like, get up there? Yeah, me too. The you last know, game, well, I came here. Yeah. Well, recently, we, because it's been on Alumni Day, we usually open it yeah. to whoever wants to come up. Yeah. Um, you know, um, if if we're having like a special event, like if Nike, people from Nike are coming, and, you know, I'll offer it to them. I say, listen, we can set this up for you guys. You know, uh, you, can, you can watch the game from up here. Um, you know, we have uh, the class of 1967. They're in the process of finding a date for me where they want to have like food and members of their class just come and watch the game. That's dope. Class of 1967. 1967. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't even know what to say because, like I said, I've never seen a high school like this anywhere in the country, anywhere that has all the amenities that St. Raymond oh, has. No. Oh, no. I, I feel, um, I can't believe it because I can't believe it because I come from, this is the Bronx, you know what I mean? I just about to say that. And I swear to you, when I was a kid, I would never think anything like this in the Bronx. Never mind, you know. Anywhere else. Yeah, like never, forget about Jersey, I would never, last place I probably would have thought was the Bronx. So. Well, that's why we stress our guys, take care of this stuff. This is your that's, stuff. That's like, right. Take care of it. Don't, we don't want to, you know, we want it to last. We're, we're not, you know, it's interesting because you know, we're sponsored by Nike. We have all the fresh kicks and all the fresh gear, and everybody thinks that you know that St. Ray's is is like we're we're a rich program. You know, right? And we have to do a lot of fundraising, right. a lot of fundraising, and and like I said, I mean, we want to maintain what we have right. because, again, it, you know, it, it costs a lot of money to maintain, right. and we want to be able to say, okay, it's in good hands, it's in good shape, and we have our guys care as much about all this stuff as much as we do and they're going to take care of it like it's their own right you know because we want to be able to use and have the equipment and have access to the court to a nice court and mm-hmm. do you know nice events here from time to time and say and show it off to everybody that's yeah. beautiful man you guys are doing a great job of keep upkeeping it because this looks magnificent i just want to say to everybody even if you're not a raven or if you're not a fan of, of San Raymond basketball, come check out a game here, please. Like, you're not going to regret it. It's a beautiful, beautiful facility, stadium. It's a beautiful. If you just look behind me a little bit, just a little bit, they got Ravens in the bleachers, ladies and gentlemen. They got Ravens. It says Ravens in the – who does that? And like, for, the, for those of who you – Who the hell does that? For those of you only listening to us on the audio version, you'll see this on YouTube at some point. Yeah. So uh, pay attention to that. Yeah, we got we're gonna, we're going to snap some fi- uh, flicks. Excuse me. Some, some camera shots for you guys so you can see it because what I'm saying is going to come to life. You guys got to come to a game. I guarantee a great time. You have a great coach and a great team over here in St. Raymond. Come out, support us. You'll see what I'm talking about for yourself. So, Coach. Yes. Thank you so much for sitting with us and yes. telling us all about your journey. I'm I'm inspired, to be honest with you, and, and very encouraged uh, in the hands that this program and, and these kids are, are in. So, I just want to give you kind of just the last opportunity here. Just any parting words? Where can people find or keep track of what you're doing and the program is doing? Uh, well, we do have uh, Instagram. You know, uh, I don't know what the handle is. Same Raymond basketball. Yeah, I think it's Same Raymond bas- High School basketball. Like we're, yes, we're going to be bigging it up on Dribble and Dime, so you'll find it. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, 
you know, my wife posts a lot on uh, yes. on Facebook. Yes. You know, we, we, we try to post as much as we, we can, all the accomplishments of, the, of, of our kids. And, yes. Uh, you know, the different scholarship offers that they've had on different on various levels. Um, awesome. You know, uh, we try to promote on our school website, mm-hmm. yes. High and the, on the athletic page. We try to promote all the stuff that we're doing. Okay. And we're doing a lot of good things. We do, yes. we do, we're doing a lot of positive things. And, yes. um, you know, I just want people to know that, you know, it, it's important to continue to work hard in anything you do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one of the things that I've taken personally is trying to, I'm trying to instill in our players and, and our students that, you know, you should never give less of yourself and you should have high expectations for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being a Latino in, in this country, you know, a lot of people probably have written me off or assumed that it would be a, a statistic yeah. uh, in life, but I've always used that to motivate me and, and to drive me to, to achieve success in the classroom. I did well in school and, and, and I've always had high expectations for myself and you know I, I try to instill the same message to the kids today you know just keep keep working as hard as you can don't let anybody put you down and you know you should be motivated to try to excel and you know what surpass people's expectations That's of right. you you know people people might not necessarily think that we can accomplish a lot in, in, in this country but um, I think we've proven many people wrong in the past and yeah. I think you know the future generation um, has a lot of potential and I think they just need to tap into it but yeah. they need to keep thriving and keep working alright man yo well, Lopez thank you. thank you for having us it's been a real sincere pleasure thank you no it's a to, pleasure to get to know you as a coach <laughs> and your history thank you for having us having Dribble the Dimes here no my pleasure yeah and uh, good luck to you guys the rest of the way yes Hope, man. Hopefully bring us back things. another banner Thank you for listening to this episode of Dribbling Dimes. If you like what you heard, please leave a review or comment wherever you're listening to us now. Check us out on social media as well. We're live on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. On all platforms, you can find us at D-R-I-B-B-L-E-N-D-I-M-E-S.